King Kong Bing Bong。Ning Along， 不，错错错错，我准备在 Ning Along。If I if I ever need some dirt on you, I've got that now. Excellent. Right, let's not no fucking about. All right, no, no, all right, no right. racism. Some fucking about. <laughs> don't mention that. <laughs> Nick accidentally said a bad word before we came to, on it. No, he we didn't. were I was trying to say. I was trying to say words that rhymed. Yeah, and then we were saying like just weird stuff to test the microphones, and then uh, Nick accidentally um, stumbled on his own mouth. But yeah. we've put it through the uh, racism computer, and you've got a, a hate level higher than Hitler's. Shut up. <laughs> I love everybody, <laughs> except those bloody Portuguese. <laughs> Fucking coming over here, <laughs> cooking our paellas, <laughs> making that really nice wine. Hello, you bunch of cunts, and welcome to another exciting <laughs> oh, yeah. instalment of the Cries for Help. I call the Three T RPG <laughs> podcast. My name is Harrison Hunt, and with me is James Clunk. Hello, Blinkings. And of course, we've got good old Saint Nick. Hello. Now, this episode is ribbed for her pleasure by including Ooh. such things. By including such things we like to call segments, or as the French would say, segments. Uh, such as we got feedback, we got news punch, we got what you slaying, where we're going to talk about what we've been playing, and then of course the main subject is going to be the RPG so crunchy it can't be played. And then we're going to go on to Electro Letters, where we are going to talk about some of your RPG horror stories and some general questions. Does that sound fun? Mm. Oh, or is my yes. name not Harrison Munt? Should we do some feedback? Yeah, it's the feedback section. Yeah, we take your comments and read them out. Yeah, feedback, bitch. Mm. First feedback comes in from Momo Momo. <laughs> Who I assume you have to pronounce it like Mo 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 Here's my feedback. He says, "Oh, I didn't realise you were a woke game group. You're what's wrong with modern gaming." Satire. I hope so. James thought it was satire. So this was posted on our RPG horror stories thing. Yeah. Where where I because I I think the the SJW people they tend to have a lot of opinions on things and and weird opinions on things that don't necessarily matter mm. or you know they'll cast everything as being offensive but we talked about a guy that was actually sort of like raping somebody and keeping her in her basement in mm. his basement i don't think that's really you know woke is it i mean we can all agree that's a bad thing <laughs> that's a bad yeah thing. <laughs> I, I don't i don't even i mean even hitler would probably be a bit annoyed at that yeah. he'd be like this is this is too far too far <laughs> So oh, you know, I don't know. We uh, the fact that we got called woke is is very much uh, it's amusing to me. Yeah, because yeah. if you saw some of the stuff that happened at our game that we yeah. don't even talk, or about, even just saw us, even if you just saw us in real life, <laughs> you would realise that's not a woke individual. Because I've got a shaved head right. and a lot of England tattoos. <laughs> so let's put it that way. I've got I've got made in Britain across my forehead. Nice, nice. Yeah. James, however, was not made in Britain. No, no but I do have a, like, a few swastikas about. <laughs> swastikas, swastikas. Yeah. The Hindu ones, not the Nazi ones. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's the only feedback we had this time. Okay. Um, we are not a woke gang group, no. as evidenced by the following. <laughs> Fuck. 
Cunt. Okay. All right. All right. Have that. So, adult themes. Mm. Should we do some news? Yes. Oh, yeah. News punch. Goodman Gaines shits the bed. <laughs> what? <laughs> I like the way you looked around before you said that. Well, I was waiting. I, was, I just need to. That's what I do with the headlines. I just bam them in there, right? When you least expect it. Come boom. On what are they done there? Now, listen, there's no company in this world that can do no wrong. Mm-hmm. And Goodman Games are very much... They fucked it. They oh, fucked right. it big time. Oh. Oh, now, as RPG players, we aren't exactly strangers to buying absolute tat. I've spent a fortune on GM screens, which are basically just cardboard with some reference sheets. <laughs> but even those are useful to some extent. They shield your roles. They include info. They set a mood with a nice picture. Now, I'm not going to shit anyone up the bum and say I like the Goodman Games screens, because I like the art, but they are... Very flimsy indeed, and they're <laughs> yeah. not worth the money. Let's right. be honest. But right. oh, so the, I um, guess it should come as no surprise then that Goodman Games have released a twenty quid cardboard box. <laughs> what? <laughs> For why? Is it a coffin? Uh, no, it's uh, the shelf of file holding. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, that's, that's wrong. The shelf file of holding. So it's not a shelf. I want to say that right now. Okay, let's clear this up. Once shelf for all. file of holding. Yeah, the shelf file of holding. It's a typical shelf file with some admittedly cool art on it, but it's twenty dollars, and it pro- and it proves definitively that older gamers with more money will buy any old fucking rubbish if it has Doug Kovacs's art on it, because the fucking Kickstarter made thirty eight thousand dollars. What for that? For a cardboard box. <laughs> the fact that they kickstarted a box, mate. What does it do? Hold um, shit. Uh, well, for that fucking price, oh, I'd well. imagine it. W- I would like it to suck, suck me, me off. off. Yeah. <laughs> or at least run a game for me, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, I apologise to everyone if there's something I'm not fucking seeing here, but this is a genuine insult to the intelligence of Goodman Games fans. And the worst thing about that insult is that it's correct, because you, the DCC fans out there, bought this rubbish. And for that, I say shame on you. <laughs> now, I do have a picture of it here. I need to see That's it. That's what it looks like. Um, the fuck, man. So it's, is it's it a pigeonhole. Is it even original art? Or have they just recycled some well, art? Well, I have a theory about it. Because they say on the Kickstarter, it's like um, with an all-new original art by Doug Kovacs, right? Or whoever did it. I think it's Doug Kovacs. But, the, but it's like, I reckon what happened was this was going to be DCC road crew stuff. Yeah. So for those that don't yeah, know... Yeah, road crew, I would expect that as road crew because that's fucking cool, man, for road crew. So if... Yeah, yeah exactly. And that's what they used to do. Whenever you run DCC games in public, that's you get it. free stationery to Cups, either hand out... Pencils, all yeah. sorts. Yeah. And that's kind of a cool way of getting the game into people's heads. But yeah. yeah, I think this was road crew stuff, probably using some art they had lying around that never got used, <laughs> and they kick-started a box. And interns had a brainwave. He's going, hang on a minute. <laughs> These guys are buying the, any old rubbish that we make. Let's sell this box. If I so, stick this picture on the side of it. So if you want a pigeonhole shelf file that would otherwise cost you a pound elsewhere um, for 20 quid that they were going to give away for free, then this is the product for you. And don't you dare think about just printing that picture off and sticking it to the side of a cheaper... Because if you you do... do, (laughs) Goodman Games are going to turn very quickly into Badman Games, all right? So from now on, we're calling Goodman Games, we're calling them Goodman Shames. Yeah, okay. All right? Now, 
Let, let me just, if, if it's your money, right, and you get to spend it however you want, and mm. if you want to buy this rubbish, then you absolutely can. But let me tell you something that might make you rethink your purchase, right? When this is shat, when this is shat on your shelf, <laughs> appropriate, <laughs> only the smallest part of it is actually visible. So if you justify this purchase by saying, oh, yeah, it's got cool art on it, well, you aren't going to bloody see it. You need to be on the tabletop. Or have clear shelves. <laughs> yeah, or it needs to be on your, your office desk. Oh, how annoying if you've got friends over that don't play, but you want to show it off and you're constantly just pulling it out to expose yeah, yeah. it and then pushing it back into the shelf. Well, yeah. so what you, that, that's what you'd have to do to justify the 20 quid throughout the game. You'd just be like, hang on, look at this. Look at that. Point over. See that? Yeah. We're playing that. No, 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 no. Now, the only crime worse than charging people $20 for a shelf file, which would actually cost a dollar or less, is the Kickstarter, because not only did they spend 2,000 words talking about a box, <laughs> but they kickstarted a box based on the strength of the art, which you never see. So if you are being, if you think I'm being unreasonably annoyed about this, and I'll say one thing, that this, as I mentioned earlier, would have been road crew gear a year ago. They used to give tat like this away. And uh, yeah, so they're charging unreasonable prices for a box, Ooh, and that, that is. Uh, but anyway, but bear in Any mind. Stretch goals. Uh, yeah, another box. <laughs> Stop, fuck off. Oh mate. <laughs> no, I don't think there were stretch <laughs> yeah. goals to tell you the truth. Oh, but wow. um, yeah, so um, if you, but I figured something out. Right? I did the math. I did the math. I've been <laughs> yeah. there in the lab, right? <laughs> Crunching. And uh, it turns out that on average, if you look at the amount of people that kickstarted it mm-hmm. and the amount it made, on average, the DCC customers spent ninety dollars. On this Kickstarter, what? a price for which, what? if you if you wanted some shelf files, you could have got ninety of them for that price. <laughs> yeah, you could pull, you could have bought a good chunk of the back catalogues and for ninety dollars games or three. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a good point. For ninety dollars, you could get the fucking Temple of Elemental Evil box set, <laughs> yeah. the DCC book. Fuck it. But instead, you get three boxes, my friends, and that's put now in. No, but you've got to invest your money wisely because that that's going to be a collector's item one day, and it's it's going to be worth twenty one dollars. Does so, it come flat, 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 flat? Well, yeah, that's, that's a good thing. That's even where they've saved on the money, and they're passing on the savings to us because yes, it does come flat. So they just send it as a letter. Is it mobile? It, um, <laughs> you're bringing that around to your well, game I th- right? they've used some actually pretty interesting technology because okay. the cardboard is very thin very light so indeed it is mobile it's almost it's very futuristic <laughs> is it as thin as their fucking the uh, the jam screens that's right uh, yeah of course it is that's right so alright so you can get a, quite a sturdy bunch of these from Ikea for a couple quid well, and they're actually really sturdy like they're proper they're, they're good what we need to get say. yourself a printer some glue and go to Ikea yeah and stick it on make one of these yourself but what we need to say is Goodman Games come on come on mate come on mate <laughs> shame <laughs> alright well uh, speaking of unbelievably lazy cra- cash grab uh, <laughs> the next piece of news is uh, Cumpt is out oh uh, yes so this is the- <laughs> This is the uh, card-based, unbelievably minimalist tabletop game, uh, otherwise abbreviated to Cumpt. Cumpt. Uh, yeah, just want to talk about this briefly. Mm-hmm. I know that we that, that we've been doing quite a few uh, joke product. Well, just two, two High joke quality. products recently. But this is a uh, this is a card-based RPG that I released using only weird stock art I found on the internet, and the entirety of the rules fits on one card. <laughs> and yep. you use cards exclusively, a deck of cards to play it. I don't know if it's very good, 
but what it does account for <laughs> is that unlike a lot of these micro RPGs, it does have stats for your character in there. So that, that's that's ah, one well, thing. There you go. But uh, yeah, that's cumped. Go and check it out on 3T RPG Publishing if you hate yourself. Yeah, <laughs> on DTRPG. That's yeah. right. Yep. Um, it's only like seventy p. It's down from two thousand quid. So I mean, that's a saving. <laughs> you can't. You can't argue with that. We didn't kickstart it. <laughs> Um, no, I didn't. But I've got a really, really interesting box coming up. I've got so. a bin to kickstart. <laughs> <laughs> the bin of holding. I've got a really good coloured bit of string. That reminds me. Actually. The bin of banishing because you're getting rid of it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's there what it is. Sorted. It's just a dice bin. <laughs> it's a dice bin. Players put their dice they don't want in there when they give them bad luck. Then you, as the GM, go and sell them on eBay. The bin of holding coming to you soon. Well, that is it for what we've been. No, it is. No, no, no. Shut it. Um, that is it for news. Shall we get on to what we've been playing, please? Yeah. What you slaying? So um yeah, we've been playing some Deadlands, new Deadlands, mm. which is the oh, new mate, one that's yes. come out for Savage Worlds. And so it's been so long that we since we've done one of these main episodes that uh actually we haven't even spoke about the start of the fucking game. Oh, oh yeah. my god. Have you not? I don't no. think so, because oh, we've shit. been playing for like three weeks now. Yeah. Uh, four weeks. No, it's like episode four five. weeks, yeah. yeah. Or maybe. But anyway, so the whole concept of uh, Deadlands is basically it's Weird West. So it's mm. horror set in a post-Civil War America um, and with a lot of scarcity and, and scary monsters. <laughs> yeah. Mate. It's been, we've been sucking off the Deadlands, and it's been sucking. What you gonna say? We've been sucking off the dead. <laughs> no, I mean like it's, we're loving it. Basically, we're loving James, what James is trying to say is he he's loving it. He loves it. Oh, fucking, it's so good. It's so terrifying. the concept for the game is that these guys are all playing members of the same family. Yeah. Um, I did say you could be adopted if you wanted to, and so James is the only real um, daughter of. They're just called Ma and Pa. And then you've got three adopted sons. And so the characters we've got, James is red. Uh, she's a gunslinger. Mm-hmm. And she's using the art from the the character red from in the Deadlands. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And then uh, we got Sean. My brother is Jansen, and he's a Texas Ranger. Mm-hmm. And then we've got uh, Colton, who is an all-American kung fu guy who spent time in China. <laughs> nice. And uh, then there is Vladimir. Vladimir, who is a Russian guy that killed his parents, fled to the US, and then got, uh, you know, taken in Pick by his yeah. family. Okay. And he is a, uh, what do you call it, a huckster. So he yeah. uses magic uh, by dealing with the devil. Yes. Now, the idea behind the game is that in uh, post-Civil War, basically, these guys have avoided most of it, and they've been on their farm. And one day, this guy, who basically is so disfigured his face looks like a skull, attacks the farm, summons flaming zombies, and basically destroys their livelihood. Mm -hmm. So whatever kind of stuff they have left from the farm, they have to make it out west to Tombstone, Arizona, where uh, their dad's cousin lives and try to use his farming auction house to sell off whatever goods they managed to salvage from the destroyed farm. Now, when they get there, they realise there's a lot of problems because they see their cousin, Fletch, and he's he's blind because of the uh, food shortage and things like this. Mm. People are drinking loads of really awful moonshine. <laughs> so yeah. he's gone blind, and he's got these bites all up and down his body, and he reckons it's rats, and they're coming <laughs> yeah. every Friday night. Long story short, as it turns out, you know, is a is a vampire, and oh. it was the uh, their dad was uh, severely uh, infected after getting shot in the initial fight. Mm. Yeah. 
and the vampire happened to be the town's only doctor, a, a German called Dr. Acula, um, which is something that only Sean picked up on. Yeah. And then yeah, it, for, for some Dr. reason, Acula. it took us till the very next... Um, Did you pick up Dracula? No. <laughs> I think, yeah, it just literally just didn't didn't enter my brain until the next session. Then he started off with Dr. Acula. Like, oh, Dracula, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so what? Did you know? No. So this German guy, yeah, he's, he's become a vampire... Um, and he's feeding on Fletch every Friday night. Right, but keeping him alive. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. He's a blood bag, right? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> these guys set up a kind of trap for him with holy water in the rafters of the auction nice. house and set up along the streets, which they're, you know, firing off to yeah. make um, Acula weak. And uh, they end up following him as he, as he flees after taking some damage. He turns into a giant bat-like creature and flies to the local cemetery. Um, had a huge fight with loads of zombies and he was summoning them up. But the first thing they heard is him inside like a crypt and he's crying and talking about somebody called Zero who gave him the powers that he had and that he that Zero wasn't coming back and that, that he felt like he'd been abandoned. And he's talking to himself. He's got like two personalities and like... So anyway, long story short is they they kill the fuck out of him uh, and save the town, therefore lowering the fear level of the state because the rumour kind of gets around. And what you have to do in Deadlands is you have to, once you've done something like that, you have to go to a public place and speak about it so the rumour gets around. Then the terror level, you know, can hopefully go go down. Okay. What this means is then people are more trusting of you. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And you don't get a minus to fear checks and persuasion and things like this. That's cool. So they do that, and uh, then. But the unfortunate thing is, Jansen, the Texas Ranger, got bit during the fight and was right, uh, five yeah. days away from being infected. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so they had to perform an exorcism by getting uh, the horn off of a jackalope. So they <laughs> set up a trap, did yeah. that, performed an exorcism, and then the priest starts talking to them about this theory that he's got that the four horsemen of the apocalypse are trying to f- bring hell and earth closer together right. by sowing seeds of terror throughout America. Nice, yeah. But the trouble is, is that all the American people, they're like, they don't want to believe it. And right. so they're just carrying on as if it's not happening. But these people believing is almost like a superpower because they can do something about it. Yeah, because they so, see it. So what they're now doing is they're, they're roaming the states, trying to lower the fear, te- the fear slash terror level in each state. Mm-hmm. Now, what was kind of cool is, the, so the, the priest, he has this stained glass window that has a picture of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah. And they noticed that the first one had gone. So the skull-faced man, he was the first uh, of the four horsemen, yeah, and yes, they killed mate. him in session oh, one. Ho, ho, ho. Yes, mate. Well, technically it was session zero, wasn't it? Because yeah. we just made the character. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, do you know the funny thing about that, right? And I'll, I'll spoil a little mechanic just for you, Ooh. James. But Ooh. thing in, in Deadlands, right, is that you can come back as a Harold. No, it's a yeah. Harold. Like yeah. you. So what, what it is is if <laughs> Harold. When, any, when any character dies, yeah. you pull a card from the deck, mm. and uh, if it's a Joker, there'll be a Harold, right? Mm-hmm. And so the servitor, the 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 Earth version of Zero, which was the first uh, Horseman of the Apocalypse, he was a Harold. But it specifically says they have to be shot in the head, otherwise they'll just come back these six days later. Okay. Right? And fucking Sean, I, he, uh, the first thing he does with, does with this Texas Ranger, who's really fucking good at shooting, he just goes, right, I shoot him right between the fucking eyes. Oh. And I was like, all right, well, that's going to be a minus six. So originally, my campaign concept was going to be that he was the main villain throughout yep. the whole thing. Oh, whoops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And they, they, they shot happen. the everlasting fuck out of him. It's yeah. funny because we knew that because as soon as that happened Harrison goes 
Yeah, well, just gonna have to get a rewrite of bits to tell you why. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah, Ryan, who's playing Colton, the kung fu guy, he just goes, "We just got a big bad in your campaign, didn't we?" And I was just like, "Maybe, maybe." You did. <laughs> <laughs> I want to give away that information. Oh yeah, right, that's a nice. So we're playing it as like uh, we're as a quote unquote serious game. Because, yeah. I mean, like funny shit's gonna happen, but we're kind of doing it so the characters themselves don't try to do things specifically that are funny or the yeah. But, Makes but sense. Are they travelling company? And they're not like got a base that they're trying to build up or anything. They're moving well, around the states. They're we, essentially like Ghostbusters now. Well, our home, is, be, yeah, our yeah. home is destroyed, so we're yeah. on the we're now trying to uh, live the life that our parents want us to because okay. uh, mum got killed and. Dad is um, just barely alive. Right. Yeah, they had now. to um, perform an amputation on him to Ugh. stop the gangrene from setting in. But he's Damn. now staying behind in Tombstone to look after his blind cousin right. while these guys are, t- are touring. But they took the priest with them. Okay, um, nice. And they, they were just like, look, you, you've got to come, mate, because if any one of us gets bit again, you're coming <laughs> We need along. you, yeah. yeah. But I've also tried to make it incredibly difficult. Okay. Um, oh, really? <laughs> No way! I didn't notice that, mate. (laughs) Yeah, it's been it's been pretty. How they doing? Well, they they're dealing with several different factors. It's like they uh, it's it's the the difficulty of the enemies Mm -hmm. uh, in in like areas with really high fear levels. The fact that food is very hard to come by. They very rarely had a chance to sleep, and so so there's not much rest. And also, like, don't forget, like, as as far as I was concerned, when we started it, this is just a Western type game, Mm -hmm. yeah. And that was about it. And then all this shit starts piling up, like zombies, vampires, yeah. these really weird demonic things, like yeah. four horsemen of the apocalypse, and all this stuff. And then Harrison's, um, like, so specifically the last session, there was a few bits where he had uh, written down some awesome description as to what's going on. Mm-hmm. I had to shut my eyes so I can absorb it Visualize all. Visualise it, yeah. Because nice. I was just like, I was just like, oh, I love there's so much going on, man. I need yeah. to like try and concentrate because I was getting really excited about what we we're doing at the minute, but then I was just like, oh wait, twist, oh wait, twist. Oh mate. <laughs> It was pretty. It was pretty fun. So the last session and where we're currently at is that. Uh, so in this, there's 22 different territories in the United States in yeah. this version. Some of which are independent. So uh, there's the Sioux Nations, which is where Dakota is, I mm-hmm. think, mm-hmm. and that's like uh, Indian territory. Yeah. And then there's Utah, which is called now called Desiree, and that's its own territory Desiree. as well. But Mexico is part of the US. Wicked. So okay. well, the first place they've gone from Arizona is Mexico because mm-hmm. it's directly yeah. south. Yep. And they've gone there. Our plans to do kind of a zigzag movement. Go through Mexico, come back up, work our way up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they uh, got lost on the way, uh, meaning that they they got loads of fatigue. One of them passed out. Um, And I pulled a card to see what specifically the problem was in the area, and it's drought, so they've got no fucking water. (laughs) And they were all having to share from one water skin, like take a tiny little sip each, just so that they don't fucking die. Yeah. And then they get attacked by these like weird ass worm things in in, in the desert. And they look, they had minis for them. And I think they're, Ooh, they're nice. from the book as well. Must yeah. be. And they're, they're called rattlers. Right? Oh, I know. They yeah. look so yeah, cool. gross. Yeah. But the thing is, they get attacked. So they are, now that's that's a lead, right? right? So they they look at that and go, okay, we should kind of follow where those things are. But deep in in the in the distance, you know, where like the heat makes a little mirage. Yeah, 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 thing, yeah. They see a woman sort of disappear around the back of some mountains. Mm-hmm. She's watching the fight happen. <laughs> So they follow her and they get to this weird ass fucking village, like deep, deep in a gulch. And all of the villagers are unbelievably, ridiculously hostile and have grey skin and are trying to bury axes in people's heads and things like this. And um, they notice that as they kill some of them, these worms crawl out through their heads. Uh. 
So the long story short is that the, the there's a woman that's uh, posed as a um, snake oil salesman yep. and has got all the villagers to drink these parasites which mm. she can use to control them. Control them, yeah. And uh, yeah, it, so, so we did it. And I've got to be honest. So we did an encounter where they went into the village. They see this kid. They're, mm. they're, all of the, the <laughs> villagers are like burning this big pile of bodies. <laughs> yeah. And they see this kid in a building nearby. And he's like, you've got to save me. Like, come here. Like, trying to say it without words. Yeah. They go in and suddenly fucking Sean, he fucks up his role. And uh, the stealth role goes terribly. Mm. All the villagers see him. And suddenly we had to do this big siege where... Everyone was in this building, yeah. and I just put in my notes an unfair amount of zombies. <laughs> yeah, and it was and so yeah. the whole thing was that they had to survive five rounds, okay. Right? And then this bell goes off, and it sort of mind controls all the villagers, and they go and follow it. But the funny thing is, is that I realised that five rounds was ridiculous after one round because <laughs> I was just like. Oh yeah, this one takes turn. This one takes turn. This one takes turn. This Ooh. one takes turn. Oh yeah, shit. Goes for the bite. Yeah, and fucking Sean's character got killed straight oh, away. No. He, he, he goes into the fucking place. Guy chucks an axe at him, hits him, and then the guy follows up by smacking him while he's down with a coup de gras because these are crazed villagers. I yep. thought it was a good way to do it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, bell goes off um, after the two rounds, uh, which I changed <laughs> it to in the end. <laughs> yeah, and they all head towards this church, okay. and they see the woman disappear. Uh, she's giving a sermon and um, saying uh, they keep repeating the line um life no fucking forget what what is it something like life is death or something like this but it's morius revere they're all chanting it and uh, she disappears behind a secret passage in the altar and then these guys uh, follow her only to find that there's a sort of giant being in this hallway protecting it and now they're gonna fight it and that's where we're at wow so let's say let's say for the sake of argument that all of the water levels around the world rise by by let's say five feet over the next hundred years, say 10 feet by the next hundred years, and it puts all the low-lying areas on the coast underwater, right? Which, let's say all of that happens. You think that people aren't going to just sell their homes and move? Just one small problem. Sell their houses to who, Ben? Fucking Aquaman! I want to make it genuinely scary and horrific. It's scary and horrific, and like I said, because of all the twists and turns that keeps coming up, at least for me, because I'm like, I don't know what's coming. Like, mm. There's elements of this where it's been borrowed from other places, yeah. and Sean's been aware of it, but mm. he's been good sport and not done it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like for me, I'm just like, oh ah! my God, what's yeah. happening? What, what is, is this? happening? Yeah. It's like, oh great, now we're in a more dire situation. Oh, shit. It's just like, Mate. you know, we even at a couple of points, we're just like, right, we need to rest. And then at the same time, we're just like, yeah, but we need to do this because otherwise, like, the f- we reckon the threat level may go up. Yeah, because yeah. you don't know what's <laughs> going on over there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so the current mission is that um, apparently, so the kid sent a telegram out to the uh, sheriff of Mexico mm-hmm. to come and investigate because he noticed that all the villagers were getting very stabby and axy. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, so the sheriff got kidnapped by this this lady called um, Lady Sadler. And uh, he's he's uh, the sheriff. Sorry, he's a woman. So she's currently yeah. kidnapped. And now these guys realise if the sheriff dies, well, that's going to be a big loss of hope yeah, for all of the people course. of Mexico. Okay. So the terror level. Yeah. And it may merge with hell, and that'll be quite bad. That's probably. pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Yeah. So yeah, that's where we're at. But yeah, oh, it's, a, nice. it's a very fun campaign. I mean, it's not very funny to talk about, but um, no. I am enjoying the new Deadlands a lot. I prefer the. Um, 
the sort of focus that it has on uh, personal horror, small town yeah, horror. Things I like, like it. This. And the yeah. explanation for it is actually pretty fucking good. Um, but always always playing Deadlands is a hell of a lot of fun. Mm. They've redone the duel rules as well to make okay. them a lot easier. To oh, use, right, nice. Yeah. Um, which is nice. And uh, it's, we've got a good fucking team. But yeah, obviously Sean's character dies. He's, so he's coming back with the priest. He's going to be O'Shea, awesome. the priest that came with them. That's so pretty cool. going to be them. Yeah, yeah. That's a really good idea. Yeah. Yeah. The exorcism. Oh, fitting. Mm. The exorcism was pretty funny because we, we, we did it as a dramatic task. We had, well, as a ritual magic, actually. But James, uh, what were you doing? You were trying to hold him down. And then, oh, we've had it. We had it before, didn't we? We've done a exorcism then the, before. The priest started reading from his Bible, and it starts floating out of the sand, and he's like, "Oh my god!" And then, so Ryan's character was hanging <laughs> on to it, trying to keep it down. <laughs> it was fucking good, man. <clears throat> and then, yeah, at the same time, somebody was mixing up like the jackalope horn with a bunch of other yeah. shit and stuff. Oh man! And at the beginning, the, the priest was like, uh, "Look, I've only done this once. Uh, <laughs> there's a high possibility that it might not work. I'd say a ten percent chance that it's gonna it's gonna go well. Ninety percent chance he's gonna die." <laughs> Yeah, they fucking managed it. Oh, yeah, mate, that's it. amazing. They did it. Sounds dark. I like I like dark. It's good in time. Horror. I reckon if you've got any time off soon, yes, come and join I us am, for a game because you would fucking love it. Yeah. And we could yeah, right up bake up a... Yeah, because you love horror shit. Oh, uh, and you would love this fucking game, man. Yeah. Lot of fun. All right, Nick, you're going. See you later. Oh, the cat, oh, the cat wants to get out. But yeah, let's talk about fucking Isle of Dreb. So we wrapped up the DCC actual play, the new one. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, our least popular <laughs> actual play ever. Mm. And I can see why. And I was talking to James about it at the pub the other day, and he was like, um, yeah, I can see now that the effort that you put into the other ones, rather than, you know, yeah. uh, just having a sandbox for you guys to play in, sort <laughs> yeah, of yeah, really yeah. does actually translate to listens. Um, but I actually thought, in the end, the story sort of wrapped up almost in a way kind of nicely because yeah. just everything died. Yeah, basically. exactly. I thought. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I definitely enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. it. it yeah. It's just funny to realise that it's not that popular mm. in comparison. But it was it was much more gonzo and much more crazy than yeah. we usually do on our actual plays, which are fairly gonzo to begin with. But. I, I, I don't know I thought it, it was supposed to be a cartoonish type comedy thing with a bit of sort of Lankmar type stuff mixed in yeah um, I, I, I had a lot of fun playing it and I thought your characters were good but um, w- one of our listeners very kindly gave us a tip because we made him into an island boy that's right we did <laughs> we certainly did and <laughs> we're going to enjoy that that's the we? Hussman but the yeah Hussman I would say if you haven't listened to it and you thought it was too cartoony and the first one was too childish then uh, you, then there's, you won't be surprised by the follow-ups yeah. however yeah. I do think it was a fun one and it was a good departure from what we usually do and also yeah. it was just really nice to be black playing yeah. DCC again That's right. yeah, it was really nice and fresh for us to be honest yeah. and it was um, also interesting the fact that we were it was just free reign and it was just chaos but we just played through it and well it because the thing fun. is they, when when you open up a game like that I mean that was how the Isle of Dread is really supposed to be played and when you open it up like that players inevitably if they fuck something they can fuck it beyond repair it was very <laughs> yeah. very close to being yeah. no in fact it sort of was that because yeah. you know spoiler alert everyone dies Yeah. Uh, but I loved it when, when uh, Sloom died and then James oh. came back as the pirate and he, <laughs> you just hear this boat crashing into the waves <laughs> and like, it just became so stupid that they, you met all of these people and every one of them their boat had been destroyed and <laughs> yeah, they, they were inevitably all basically useless yeah, yeah. yeah. can you get home no and Sloom died in just a random encounter I just, yeah. we just rolled it and I was just like ah he's gone rat person 
Cool. Mm. Hey, mother mother. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I had a blast. Yeah, we went we went kind of off book in the end, so maybe I can still use the Isle of Dread again at the table bring at some it back, point. Bring it back. Oh, bring definitely. it back. Sing it back. Okay. Bring it back to <laughs> me. <laughs> But yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed it. And it was mm. good, good playing DCC again. More on the way. Next up, I, I we're thinking... Mm. Now, the, the next idea we've got for an actual play, because I don't know when fucking Hyperborea is actually coming. And the mm. next idea... Yeah. I was going to kind of take Isle of Dread and then move it into a Lankamon game if your characters survive, which yeah. they didn't. Mm. Yes. So we've got an idea for... Um, a an actual place set in the Lankmar using the DCC Lankmar uh, called Weeds of Dankmar. Now, <laughs> yeah, it's not a hundred percent that we're going to go with that, but we wanted to play a street level gang game set in Lankmar where you guys <laughs> yeah. are drug dealers. And yeah. I, I'm not definitely going to go with that name because it might lead turn people away from it. Streets yeah. of Dankmar. Streets of Dank. No, Weeds of Dankmar. Oh, weeds of Dra- you guys Dankmar. Are, yeah. You guys are going to be weed dealers, yeah. roadmen. Yeah. Sounds so fun. that that would be fun. Yes, too. blood. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna. Yeah, I think I think that would be fun. I think that would be a lot I think of fun. It'd be a lot. Yeah. So and and also the Lankmar setting is just fucking great, and the mm-hmm. adventures are really good as well. So I might maybe we'll do some of those. Yes, mate. But yeah, that is it. Um, I I wanted to mention something else. What I've been slaying mm-hmm. recently. Oh yeah. Uh, there's a there's a, a thing on More Four, which mm-hmm. is an English channel mm. called the Great Big Miniature Design Challenge. Ooh. What? And what it is is that people they make things for a doll's house and then they get judged on it oh. but there's a guy in there there's yeah. a D&D player and he he crafts and it says um, at the beginning it's like this is Mark and he crafts things for his tabletop board games like Dungeons and Dragons oh, God. <laughs> oh no but I think I think he cringes every time he hears that it's a good, board game it's a good one to watch if you're interested in making terrain yeah because some of the techniques they use are really fucking awesome. cool and that's stuff pretty cool. and uh, some of them are really quite stupid but uh, yeah there's a D&D guy in it so awesome. let's watch like? it and root for him he's northern so he's not very nice oh. no no he's, he's lovely actually <laughs> I assume we guess unless it Does turns out Alan Who's Alan? Row. Well, because everyone in the north knows each other. Yeah. That's a joke for the one person that know that is called Alan Row. Mm. <laughs> so that, if you don't know, ladies and gentlemen, that's a friend of ours that James has now made a reference to a joke that nobody will get. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Cutting edge stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you can expect this kind of shit in the free TRPG podcast. <laughs> Great jokes like that. Yeah. yeah. As for you, Jim, Keep coming back for more. <laughs> As for you, Jim. Oh, uh, have you seen uh, Have you seen uh, uh, Brian recently? No. Great bloke. Oh, good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, I what? killed that bit. Name. Subject. Magic. Name. Subject Tokyo Main Subject A few years ago when we spoke about Fatal, a game that used utilized a 13-page character sheet, we highlighted the game's ludicrous level of detail, which rendered it almost unplayable. In fact, a podcast from Ireland once tried to make characters for the game and gave up after eight hours. <laughs> there is, however, evidence out there to suggest that at some point the game has been played, owing to a famous story about a party who figured out it was easier to rape characters to death than it was to hit them with a sword. <laughs> Today's subject, though, is remarkable for a few reasons but one of them is the fact that there is no supporting evidence to show that it has ever been played. There's plenty of reviews that talk about the game and what it seems like after reading the rulebook 
but I can find little to no evidence about it ever being run. No actual plays, no blogs, no Reddit posts, no Pornhub comments, and that <laughs> cannot be a good sign. Mm. <laughs> I did find one group of a report having tried out a single battle, but that's it. And we will get back to that because there's something interesting about it. So I've talked around it enough. Today we're going to take a look at Leading Edge Games' Phoenix Command, which despite calling itself a small arms combat system, is not a game about midgets fighting. (laughs) Brilliant. That's it. That's a real joke for you, ladies and gentlemen. Also, I know it sounds like a skirmish game, right? But the publisher calls it an RPG, but it's kind of an RPG bolt-on, as we will uh, discover soon. So Phoenix Command came out in 1996, and its creators, David McKenzie and Barry Nakazono, and that is that's Baza. Like, you can definitely tell he's half Japanese. Stephen Baz. Stephen Are quoted as having said the following: Phoenix Command is designed to be truly realistic, not complex or deadly. But I oh know James. James, your your ears are perked up there because I can tell you two things. <laughs> right, fucking mate. not complex, <laughs> but simply a representation of what really happens to people in a battle. Uh, of what? course, the reality of gunfights is that they are deadly and extremely. complex complex when mm. broken down to their component parts. I mean, it's easy to pick up a gun and fire it, but if you think about the amount um, amount of things in play in any given situation, I mean, to simulate it in the way that Phoenix Command wants to, mm. the game would be a fucking ball egg to play. So the idea of him saying that it's not complex or deadly, it is both of those things, <laughs> as we will find out. Yeah, it's a fully, fully them. Okay. Oh, yeah, it's very complex. Yeah. Uh, so let's dig into the game. So characters in this game are intended to be modern for 1996, although supplements were later released to allow players to play in World War II and such like. So first you roll some numbers, which is pretty normal, right? Then the problems happen. Okay. All right? I hope you're ready for this. You see, your character has a skill level of general gunsmanship. And the instructions for generating these are essentially that you just make them up, right? What? So they range, so they, so they range from zero for a civilian to let's say twenty for a legendary sniper. Mm. And the game's only instruction for generating this number is to use the skill generation system from another game and just retrofit it to this. <laughs> Which is good start. It's very hands off, isn't it? It's like determining skills. I don't know. Do oh you want? Nah, yourself. What am I? Fucking game design. What do you want? A game design. You want to design? Yeah. So that's a bit weird, and uh, it's quite nonsensical. And you can think of this number, your gunsmanship, which is not what it's called, but it should be mm. um, as your character's level kind okay, of okay. so I guess usually the GM would simply give everyone their starting level which is fine I suppose but that's not really stated in the book that's just an assumption I've made so now what you're going to do is generate a bunch more stats like walk speed max speed encumbrance knockout value which determines how much shock you can take in a gunfight before hitting the deck and finally you're going to look up your weapon data so I, think, I know what you're thinking right now not that many fucking stats that's going not, that's on nothing. it's all pretty okay light it's very light yeah, very. it's a very light game. And <laughs> to look at the character sheet examples in the book, it doesn't look terribly heavy. Okay. But right at the start of the game, the book does mention it, included within its pages, there's a basic game and an advanced game. <laughs> right. So right. Phoenix Command encourages players and referees, and this is you're going to fucking shit yourselves when you find out what the basic game is, by the way. <laughs> so the game encourages players and referees, before getting into the game properly, just to have an evening playing the basic game right. and adding in the complexities once everyone is used to it. So we've made our character, and we need to look up our weapon data. 
So we just need to know down a couple of things. Just need to know about pistols. Just right? damage, Easy. you know, rate of fire, many, weapon many, length, many, weapon many weight, reload time, rate of fire, right. ammo capacity, ammo weight, knockdown value, sustained automatic burst value, aim time modifiers, <laughs> penetration value, damage class, minimum mark, ballistic accuracy, and time of flight. <laughs> time of flight. Is that it? Uh, there's more later on. <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, as you can see, very few stats, very just light. Couple of bits, just this a couple is of not bits. complex. Very at all. light. No. It's, no. it's very. It's just like a little horse's doover. Oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so now it's worth noting that about, actually only about a third of these stats aren't used in the base game. So which means that you're still dealing with more stats for a gun wow. in the base game <laughs> than the amount of stats a typical D&D character has, <laughs> even wow. with the basic version of the rules. And the fact that they called it basic, right, is a complete joke because the advanced <laughs> rules only change minute details. Anyway, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Let's talk about how the game is played, right? Mm -hmm. We spent six hours noting out our gun stats. What do you do now? (laughs) Yeah. So, time in this game is measured in phases, which are two seconds long. These phases are broken down into four impulses. During these impulses, movement and attacking can occur simultaneously. Now, each combatant has a number of actions per impulse, which depends on how much shit they're carrying, how physically fit they are, if it's a full moon, if it's a Tuesday, that sort of thing. (laughs) Yeah. And the guideline for how much actions cost is two times the amount of seconds it would take to, for an average man to take the action. So let's say to crouch and take better aim takes half a second, then that would take one action per impulse. And if you take an action that requires more than your allotted impulses, then it carries over to your next turn. Now here's an example from the book of a typical turn in Phoenix Command. A character named Trent is behind the... Which is a very military cool name, by the way. Trent! Triant uh, is behind the cover of a tree he wants to move 11 hexes forward to a wall in phase 1 he moves 3 hexes forward changes the way he's facing by 45 degrees then continues 5 hexes this is a total of 8 actions and the character gets 8 actions per turn in the second phase he turns around with his back against the wall spinning 135 degrees using 4 impulses and thus has 4 left with which to do what he likes 135 degrees that's important though why? Well, because if he turns 134, what's he going to do? Yeah. Come on. Uh, come on. Come on. Come on. 131? Sorry. Are, there, uh, are you expected to get your protractors out? Yeah. Actually, yes. And compasses. Because um, the maps they include within the game, within the adventures in the game, don't include hexes on them. But they do say, you know, print out a stick. No, I don't know. Don't print out a stick. Print out something that measures hexes. Print out, get a protractor to, to 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 measure people turning. Now, now, if you think that's annoying, right? Having to to, to like tell the GM every time you want to turn a different fucking direction <laughs> or breathe or whatever. We're gonna get into how uh, shooting a gun, all right? Because that's important. That's important. That's how something. do you pull the trigger? It, well, it depends well. on finger length um, and finger strength. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. But anyway, I, and now before, I don't want to spoil anything, but how to shoot a gun in this game is going to comprise most of this episode. Okay. Because right. <laughs> it's Fine. fucking Fine. insane. So first you're going to add your aim time modifier to your character's skill accuracy level to get your shot accuracy. You're going to count the hexes between you and the target, but we'll come yep. back to that mm-hmm. later. Next you choose how long you want to aim for. You can snapshot, which takes one action, or you can aim for up to six impulses, gaining modifiers for the accuracy of the shot. Okay. Now all you need to do is roll the dice. No, wrong. No, no, big, no. big wrong. Get back. 
You've added your aim time and skill to get your shot accuracy and you need to cross-reference it with a distance chart so you find your accuracy score, go along the chart and then you know as and then you know as a percentage how likely it is for you to hit. The books gives the example shot with an accuracy of 7 you would have an 86% chance of hitting a target between 8 and 10 hexes away. Now, I know that a lot of this is going to sound boring, and it is. That's why. <laughs> um, now, you can roll the dice, but here's where things get a bit fucking stupid. Every impulse in the game is occurring at the same time, which raises interesting questions, because in Phoenix Command, you're allowed to change your mind mid-phase. For example, let's say I shoot at you, Nick, mm-hmm. but you see me aiming at you mm-hmm. and duck behind cover. So instead, I choose to shoot at James, who I can still see. So, Well, then I use an impulse I previously wouldn't have to turn then shoot James. But Nick, you've noticed I've turned 45 degrees, so you pop out again. But James sees me turning, so he goes behind cover. So I change my mind, use my next impulse to turn towards you, Nick, and so on and so on. And this is a problem that isn't really addressed in a basic version of the game. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is that? But that's just, if you can change your mind... Then what do you, you do? Shoot a gun and go no no, and then the bullet comes sucks back into the gun. Well, you you can't suck up a bullet. Oh right, okay. But, but, but for example, if you say if you say to the GM, I pop out of cover and I shoot the guy, mm. then you see me pop out of cover and you go nope. No, and then you, no, you change your mind, go back down. <laughs> then I I go shit. All right, he's gone. I'm gonna duck behind cover. Duck down. So there's a lot of people. You duck in. back up. Duck, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most of the most of the game is gonna be ducking and getting back up again. <laughs> Oh my god, what is So, this? and I think that that's particularly ridiculous. So while writing this review, I realised I had a solution to the problem, right? Because the idea is, I, I'm going to say what I'm going to do, then you'll obviously notice it, then you'll change your mind, because yeah. I'm trying to shoot you, right? Yep. So I've come up with a fucking genius solution for each impulse, so that you're not changing your mind and metering based on what you've heard the other player is doing. Yep. Everyone has to shout their actions at the exact same time, oh and the GM has to try and note them all down very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> now, if that's not the way it's done, then this game gets a 1 out of 10. But anyway, you've signed the contract to join the three-week waiting period to begin to discuss what you do with your turn, and you've taken a month off work to take said turn. What now? So let's talk about hit location and damage, right? Because yep. we've, we've, all we've done so far is we've fired a gun and okay. we've moved, right? Now, let's, in fact, let's not talk about location and damage, and we'll get back to that later, because I want to just talk about something. Mm. I, I early on, I talked about a forum post, yep. right, where the game had supposedly been played and we'll, we'll get to you know how to fire a gun in a bit because um, you know it's a long thing Yeah. but I, I saw this forum post and I just thought that's a bit fishy in it because it's the one fucking forum post in the entire world saying that it was played right yeah now I think it's fair to say this game has a reputation for being overly complex and we'll get to the rest of it but the post written by someone called Bobarama and claims to, in some ways, debunk the game's apparent difficulty, giving lengthy explanations of how exactly the game is played. It starts by saying that he bought the books and he thinks they're awesome, then instantly goes into an explanation of how you would resolve the action of firing an MP5 using the rule set. Now, it may just be my own scepticism here, but that's a very strange way to write a post. That's Barry, it? Yeah. It's definitely Barry, mate. Well, it might be. Well, we'll see, we'll see, won't we? Now, it's an even stranger way to write a post if it happens to be the first and only thing he ever wrote, which it is. And technically, this account did post on the same forum another 10 times, but it was either reposting the original message to other boards (laughs) or replying to criticism about the system. Now, this thread was the only thing the account was ever involved in. It was the only thing ever posted, and then it ceased to be used entirely. Now, hypothetically, let's just say you're one of the publishers okay. and you wanted to quickly make an account to promote your game and you just wanted to pretend to be a me- member of the public. When you first think of the first generic name that comes to your head, what are some examples? John, 
Jane, Bob, Bob maybe. <laughs> yeah. Let's say that Bob is already taken on the forum, so you add a meaningless suffix and call it Bobarama. <laughs> that's just that's just the theory. Let's just say. But I did a bit of digging, and yeah. it's and, and it's actually a bit more easy to prove than you would think. So the book is written by two people, right? David McKenzie and Baru Nakano. Yep. Now, while details of the authors are very difficult to get hold, hold of, I did stumble on something hist- interesting. A now defunct blog from years ago about ballistics, knives, explosives, bullets, and so on by a man called Barry, in air quotes, Bob <gasps> Nakano. No. What? And I think there's an outside chance that this might be the same guy. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. But anyway, yes, I think this is the same fucking guy. And none of this really matters. But what it may highlight is that the one piece of evidence of someone having played Phoenix Command is likely not even true. <laughs> hey. I've found accounts of people reading and pulling stuff from it to use in their games. But anyway, I digress. You've been shot at in Phoenix Command. <laughs> yeah. What happens now? Well, we need to determine where you've been hit. So first we determine uh, if you are firing around a corner or out in the open. So you find that column on a chart, then you roll a D100. Once you've done that, you need to determine if the bullet got through the opponent's armor. So you look up on the same chart the right penetration line for that armor versus that specific gun. Put simply, the higher armor's penetration factor, the more likely bullets go through it. And it's specific to every single gun in the game. So you've shot somebody, you've figured out what you need to roll, rolled it, checked all the requisite areas of the book to see whether or not you penetrated the armor, and we still haven't got to damage. And we're not even there yet, because while armor <laughs> penetration is important, what if the bullet instead bounces off the armor? Oh, so for ev- every shot you hit with, yeah. right, you also need to roll a d10, and if that number is rolled and if the number in that is rolled less than the low velocity damage rating for that shot, then the shot pings off the armor and flies elsewhere. Oh god. But if the number is over the lowest number rolled on the low velocity damage table, then you've walked right into the gym room and you've opened the hurt locker. <laughs> you've guessed it. The number you rolled will instead have the potential to go over penetrating damage rather than low velocity, which is exciting for several reasons, least of which being what happens when an over penetrating shot at five meters <laughs> with a 45 will do to a man's thigh who's wearing armor on his leg. <laughs> what? And also bear in mind, you've got, you've got to know if it's a Tuesday. So this is the point, right, well, the book had completely lost me. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore, right? I don't even know what the fuck is going because what does over-penetrating damage mean? I'm sure it's probably obvious to some people, but what the fuck is this? What is this? That's, that, that is just to determine how much it hurts when you get shot in the thigh. Yep. I mean, does it really differ that much from gun to gun? I mean, class of gun, maybe. Pistol yeah. versus an assault rifle. Yeah, 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 definitely. But different pistols? I mean, is it really... Velocity, is it, rebound, bouncing... Is this bouncing, really worth it, Barry? Baz. Come on, Bob. I can kind of see what each phrase means, right? And I can kind of understand what Phoenix Command is trying to achieve here, but the parts are so fucking wound up in meaningless babble that I think I understand how how to play the game less now than when I read the book. Uh, Yeah. When I hadn't read the book, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Let me tell you, lads, we're not even done with this one shot oh, yet. Oh, shit. Because we have yet to actually roll damage. Now, I know that this is a podcast attempt to, attempting to explain game mechanics and doesn't entirely represent what would happen at the table, but during that first game, you're going to have to explain all of this to your players. And if I, having read the book, can, can't understand it, <laughs> what hope does somebody who's learning the system secondhand have? This is um, fucking stupid. Oh, it's, it's stupid. Oh, it's <laughs> oh, stupid. Yeah. And bear in mind, lads, and I just I think this needs to be reminded, this is the basic game. Oh, yeah, we're, we're not playing in advance. No, we're not even game. in the advance yet. Oh, my God. So the basic game is very much not basic. Mm. But anyway, let's say the bullet was over-penetrating, which, I don't, which, which means oh, oh, that, that it goes... Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting, I was seeing how long it would take yeah. for one of those. Over-penetration. Meaning it wasn't slowed by the armour, right? Yeah, that okay. just means it goes in. It, it, goes go, in, it, it yeah. penetrates. It penetrates yeah. good. <laughs> 
Yep. Now, let's look at what damage class your weapon is, because okay. you need to know that, uh -huh. and you cross-reference cross it with a table for hit location. And I've included the table here for you to look at, because this isn't a little table. This is this is what it looks like, lads. <laughs> oh my! That's the it table. looks like a calendar. Like no, it looks like it looks like <laughs> like calendar for four years. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. Um, there's more information on this one chart than there is. <laughs> Nick's just found a uh, a picture of the Dali photo, no, the man know. screaming. Yeah, the scream, and, yeah, next to that. But this is is fucking huge. So to resolve damage, you've got to look on this chart. And I know looking at a chart doesn't take that fucking. Quick cross reference, something insane. It's insanely huge. <laughs> I've seen like charts like that in accountancy offices. Yes, yeah. like. And just in case, you know, you want to know specifically if the target was hitting the intestine or the spleen or the okay. elbow, yeah. and I'm not joking, these are all real spleen entries. Spleen shot. That's how specific it gets with body parts. Wow. So you could get shot in the dick, the spleen, the intestines. Left like, ball bag. Yeah. The mole right. on your cheek. If you get shot in the mole, that's good Ooh, yeah. yeah, it's insta. You're going in the mole hole. <laughs> and that's the ground. So now... Right, you finally got to the point where you can see how fucked your opponent is. Go to the relevant table for over-penetrating or low-velocity, find your hit location, cross-reference out with the armour the target is wearing, and finally you have rolled a single attack. Yes! But now it's time to take your other four impulses. So, uh, <laughs> the good start that all over again. The good thing is, right, mm. is you've got plenty of time to take the rest of your turn because so, the rest of the table is likely asleep or has moved to another country. Yeah, I guess so. so you could all you could all individually cook dinner whilst the other person is. Uh, it's one of them. Their turn. It's one of them games where, like, you, you you know, no one really wants to put too much effort in, and you can literally just turn up once a month. You play it like one you would. Gunshot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The same time next month, boys. <laughs> it's like at the table. It's this game all about combat. Just an excuse and to get out. Yeah. Suddenly, suddenly, like somebody goes, uh, "I got to shoot the bad guy." And everyone at the table goes, "Oh, fuck!" <laughs> really? Oh god! You really oh, want to shoot something? Three of them stand up and start walking out and be like, "Yeah, well, I'll see you next and week." Someone gets his giant like book out. <laughs> Four hours later, jump. one of the other players that left gets a call on his phone. All right, mate, it's your turn. It's your turn now, mate. You're coming back. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so now all I, uh, although I said that that impulse was over, there's one final tiny bit left to do. You have oh, to yeah. compare the damage dealt to the target's knockout value to see if the target was knocked out or incapacitated. Once you compare the two numbers, a handy chart shows you what percentage the target has to roll, and they either carry on fighting or get injured or get knocked out like Bobby Evans in the Under Fives Yu-Gi-Oh tournament. <laughs> Next, in a strange twist of events, midway through the basic rules, <laughs> the authors cease with the mind-numbing rules for a minute and treat us to a couple of musings in a section which is entitled Tactical Notes. Ooh. They give us some great tips on playing Phoenix Command, and let's just say it's short, and that's probably for the best, because <laughs> I'll treat you guys to the first piece of advice. Yeah. Okay. Don't on. get shot. Okay. <laughs> well, you're what? kidding. I did it. What? Huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Don't yeah. get shot. Yeah, well, I think for two reasons. Plug Mainly paperwork, because <laughs> of all the paperwork, right? <laughs> all the red tape involved in getting shot. Yeah. Um, but um, in addition to that, uh, getting shot at. Now, this is going to blow your fucking mind. Yeah, uh, may kill your character. What? I've what? Got what? what? Do these kind of level of uh, instructions and all that cross-referencing is that the same thing if you punched or stabbed oh. someone? I believe so. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, you got to roll surely, the knife sharp. Surely, table. the whole point in the game is to make peace. Yeah. Ah, maybe we. Then you can actually point. fucking roleplay. Oh, that's it's an actually an anti-war masterpiece. Uh, of course, yeah. propaganda. It's saying, look, look how hard war is. One shot takes weeks. Don't do it. 
Yeah, don't do it. Make love, to each not other. war. Be like, wait, wait, wait. Don't get shot. No, no get your gun out. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about this. Okay. Now, don't know where that table is. Yeah, yeah. Don't get, don't get shot. Don't shoot anyone. But many, if not all of the remaining advice lands, yeah. iterates on that core philosophy. Okay. So it's like, don't get shot. In order to not get shot, stay behind cover and don't attack people from the front. But these guys missed a crucial piece of advice that isn't included. Shoot the other guy. Oh, don't get shot. Shoot them. Shoot them instead. Be be the shootee, not the... Not the shoot turn. No, be no, the shooter, not the shootee. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it. I so that covers advice. the basic Start rules. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, if those, if those were the basic rules, you probably assume that the game was made solely for brain surgeons, rocket scientists, or geniuses of any kind, basically. Yeah, yeah. Because the advanced game must be 8,000 pages long. But that's the strange thing. There's only really another few minor additions. The advanced rules are basically bolt-ons that equal in page number to about a tenth of the basic game. So if I may draw one comparison that I've been careful not to do up to this point. Okay. Because the Western game Aces and Eights from Kenzer & Co. in many ways is similar to this product and its intention. And in that game, they include a basic rule set which uses their fantastic shooting rules but strips out a lot of the needless complexity. This basic game takes up around five pages with the whole rest of the book being the advanced rules in Aces and Eights, right? Mm-hmm. Where the GM is encouraged only to use those rules which benefit his table. Phoenix Command seems like they accidentally switched the chapter headings up by accident. <laughs> yeah. like they should they started with the advanced rules by accident. <laughs> I mean, let's call it what it is. There's a needlessly advanced mode and a hurt me plenty mode. Yeah. That's all it, all it is. There's no there's no basic game in here. <laughs> Calling it basic is an insult. Yeah. So while there are a couple of rules the basic game I didn't touch on, you've mostly got the picture. The advanced game doesn't add on new rules, rather it convolutes the existing ones a bit more. So now the way you hit targets are calculated differently. Instead of adding aim time mods and accuracy skill level, then cross-referencing it with the distance table, you're now going to still calculate that same number, but you'll take a note of it, then decide which stance you want to adopt, with hip firing being quicker and firing stances being more accurate. Both of these take time and also affect the role with the modifier too, as does the situational aiming modifiers, visibility, movement, and target size. And once you've all added those all together, you then, oh wait, no, that's not the modifier no, yet. Wait, wait, wait. Do you want to duck after you shoot? Because that's going to change a lot. Ooh, okay. And once you've filed for a shot to be taken, there's also new damage rules on top of injuries and knockout shock, and injuries that disable you will now come into play. Okay. You also have new rules for full auto, where you need to determine elevation and determine the spread of the bullet. So mm. you also need to determine where the bullet goes when it leaves your gun, because bullets don't technically go in straight lines. They have an arc. That's to right. Them. Oh my god. So that's now now that's now we're talking. We're talking, right? This is advanced shit. Yeah. Uh, so that's the process of shooting somebody. Well, if you thought it was bad in the base game, try shooting someone with full auto from an elevated platform <laughs> intending to duck after and assuming a firing stance in the dark with lingering smoke from an explosive while you're on the phone to the DVLA. <laughs> Wow! Now that's paperwork. That is paperwork. <laughs> so we're, we're talking, we're talking big boy shit here. I mean, think how long it takes just to say what you want to do in this game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, is- I'm going to shoot him. Okay. Do you do you intend to duck? Yes. Yeah. Are you going to be behind cover? Yes. What's the elevation there? Two meters. It's like an interview. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Is there any room for role play in this game? I don't think there is. There is a reason there isn't. Okay. And I uh, and we will get to that. Yeah. But yeah. When? Because next episode. Driving me mad. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But fear not though, because the book does have a tip section for actually running the game, oh, and they do acknowledge that the game is going to be slow to play. So one such piece of advice is to delegate jobs to players. <laughs> now I don't mind this advice so much because I'll often ask a player to deal initiative cards in Savage Worlds, for example. <laughs> yeah. It's not a big deal just filling out a few cards during combat. 
that, but the actual running of the game, like hit locations and damage or bullet travel paths and wind, core fundamental rules are encouraged to be worked as a team with one player essentially becoming an accountant sitting there with a calculator <laughs> yeah, yeah. and a million fucking charts printed out. And I can, Put advisors I, on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you want to shoot a gun? Hold on, just working on it. And it's printing out those little till receipt things. <laughs> uh, <It's> modifier. <laughs> did he hit? No. I don't know. Give me Hold on. give me a week. We're just working that out. <laughs> that muffin is looking awfully like a hamster. Someone baked a hamster into my muffin. Well, I think we can conclusively say that this is a shitty over-designed mess. And I had a flick through the uh, example scenarios, which are kind of cool. But then I stumbled across the optional rules for calculating peripheral vision. And I just thought I can't fucking be bothered anymore, basically. So <laughs> I'll end this review vision. shortly. But first, one question you asked earlier, Nick, was uh, does this game fit into role-playing games? How? Yeah, come How on. Do, Where is, is it? Is even a role-playing game? And it does in one actually not terrible way. Yeah. I noted in a chat in the pub with James that recently that Phoenix Command, uh, in Phoenix Command, a gun has more stats than a character. And that's because of the one of the encouraged ways to use this is as a combat system within another role-playing game. Right. So let's say you're playing a modern GURPS game and feel you want something more realistic. Well, then this game covers all the gunfighting and weapon shit for your character while GURPS does all the role-playing bits. Yeah, okay. Which isn't a terrible idea, but for no. me and just the, the rest of the fucking world, apparently... Nobody would do that with this specifically. No, I like the idea of a bolt-on combat system. For I a think game the only way I would do more, the only way I'd use that is if, like, I don't know, good example. Say you're playing GURPS, right, and they go into some sort of competition where the the whole reason it's so complicated is is the competition. Do you see what I mean? And you might use them system rules because I don't know. Say it's like Running Man, like a show where everyone's like, "Oh my god, he hasn't figured out his trajectory yet." So yeah, yeah, go yeah, wrong. yeah. And that's like I don't know. And it's and it's complicated. It knows it's complicated. You could slow this down. To use it as as a rules for dueling, for yeah. example. Yeah. Um, but it's just so bloody slow. I mean, just imagine two people taking a shot at each other. Oh, That's a two-hour fucking. We should commitment. try it for a bonus. Definitely, maybe. <laughs> just, <laughs> I was going to say, just not, two but. people in an alleyway and they both fire a shot at each other. Yeah, that's it. What we'll do is we'll create a character and each yeah. person takes one shot and one turn. And we'll we might finish it. it for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be another three-part. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But for, uh, but yeah. So it's um. Is there anything good? about Phoenix Command and I don't think there really is but there is one kind of cool thing and it's the gun stats at the back of the book they contain yeah. all the real world ballistic data ranges and so on so just about every gun that would have been in use in the 90s and um, uh, all, all, all of these guns like have kind of high quality art with each one oh nice yeah be really handy as handouts and just a cool reference tool for any modern games and here's a picture of them there yeah nice it's, the art's nice it's absolutely fine it's and that as well you could print these out write your game's damage for each gun on there and then you have some kind of decent gear cards but that's phoenix command everyone a game based on current information has likely never been played and it's easy to see why it's definitely never been played yeah the art's nice seen that as well hit locator yeah, but do you, do you see how yeah. many there are? Look how many There's lines a, a hit locator on, a, on well. a bloke, and it Mental. basically looks like he's uh, like one of those dolls with loads of pins in him. <laughs> yeah, it does look like no, voodoo absolutely dolls. tons. Oh my goodness me! Yeah, yeah. What do you reckon? Uh, Going to be an instant buy for you guys or instant? Buy. Oh yeah, mate. Yeah, I'll buy it straight away to burn it. No, <laughs> she sounded like that bloody TikTok voice. Oh my! <laughs> Literally, re right now. <laughs> yeah, I fuck can't me. Lie, yeah. Sorry, Karen, in the coffee shop. <laughs> uh, um, so, no. Nick, is this for you? No, sounds too difficult. No, but you love, you love unbelievably crunchy rubbish. I do. Yeah, so crunchy. No, I like suck. crunch. I like 
in crisps. Yeah, I like a bit. I like no, a crunch in my crisp. But I also I, I don't mind a bit of crunch where because Cyberpunk Red. I talked about this the other day. Like the, the, when when combat s- kind of slows down a little bit in Cyberpunk Red, but you do you get a lot done, mm. and combat is generally over in fewer turns. Right. So it's kind of like. Yeah, it's broken down ever so slightly slower, but it's got that level of crunch. Mm. And, you know, I saw in one of the reviews of this game, they just said, you know, at the end of the day, when you're calculating all of this shit, if a gun's likely to do more damage because it will penetrate armor, because it flies in a more straight line, because it has less recoil, all of this, just add a bit to the damage. It will essentially (laughs) do the same thing. Exactly. Essentially, because you're simulating something... In a, in a, in using game mechanics, yeah. Not well, doing it. When you simulate it, to be honest, it just needs to be quick. Mm. Yes, because well, you is... just you just want to know what the outcome is. Yeah, that's as right. A player, but Aces and Eights, uh, it does that, but it uh, it condenses all the maths into that one handy thing with that's the shot it. clock that's because it. you put it on the target where you want to hit him. Yeah. There's no rolling tables. You just put it on the target, draw a card, roll a dice, mm-hmm. and now you know where you've hit. Yeah, that's this is good. simple as that. And if you want to do something simulationing like this. You need to include a tool like that to be able to make it playable because yeah. this game has never been played. It proves itself, doesn't it? The fact yeah. that no one's ever played it. <laughs> and, and, you know, and there are people that do like really crunchy stuff, right? And they love that, but maybe it's even too much for them. Well, that's why I think this, <laughs> yeah. is, this is too much for too even much. the simulation types. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the, the people like... I've seen rule books for, say, for example, the... Um, English Civil War on playing mm-hmm. games with the muskets and shit, right? Oh, right, And yeah. it's like, but there's still a playable level of rules. Yeah, As yeah. was, you know, things like Western Gunfight, or, mm-hmm. or there's a lot of... But this is just this is just stupid. Yeah. This yeah. is... If they made it modular as well, I mean, if they made the basic rules and just said, look, here's a cool system for shooting each other with a bit more crunch than you're yeah. used to, yeah. and then you can go as advanced as you want, that would be fine. Yeah. What they've done they is they... put several, le- several levels to it. Yeah, yeah, that and that yeah. would be cool, but, but yeah, there's a good reason nobody's ever played this fucking game, because... Imagine trying to learn the fucking rule system as well. It's impossible. <laughs> the only way that it could be playable oh, at a table is, is if someone took all of those mechanics and changed and them put to different it, ones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, completely rewrote to, them. No, to actually use them, mm. but just put it in an uh, automation so that they. No, even D twenty be like yeah, actually <laughs> simulate it, <laughs> yeah. and then you know you yep, just yep. input a few dice um, rolls at yeah. certain po- um, input moments. Yeah. Yeah, but the when macros. you've got to write, write a, a whole computer program to be able to make this game playable, yeah. I think you just chuck it on the floor. I'm not bringing a laptop to a fucking game. Yeah, how's yeah. the prep go? Well, I've not done any prep, but I've actually managed to write a software I've been coding all week, 24 yeah. fucking 7. <laughs> it can now do the hit accuracy. I've made the most advanced simulator <laughs> that's ever lived. <laughs> What's the story then? Don't know. It's turned itself into an AI. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's become aware, and it's decided that since all humans have the capability for evil, that all humans must die. Mm-hmm. Oh no! <laughs> and the laptop is like calculating shots. <laughs> Ricochet. Starts munching you like Pac-Man. It's too complicated for its own good. It literally is. We found it. We found the worst game. No, we found un- the most unplayable game. Because yeah. the, the thing about Fatal was, is that it was too, too, too complicated. But mainly on hitting people and the character creation yeah. side. Yeah. yeah. And even Fatal included a CD with a character creation program on it. I Ooh, mean, yeah. But nobody can find the fucking CD nowadays. <laughs> so if you did want to play, but even that game. And even that game had a solution in it by accident where you could rape somebody to death and it was easier than hitting them with a fucking sword. But Jesus. But, but no, but I'm just saying, it was, it, it, although that's abhorrent, 
Yeah, it, the, it was at least slightly more playable than yeah. playable than Phoenix, and people fine. have played Fatal. We we are. Oh, aware. that's a fact. That's yeah. definitely a fact. We are aware yeah, yeah, of that because yeah, yeah. so. I, I I saw people on the bloody dungeons in Facebook claiting to have played it right. and, and thinking, well, being edge lords. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, because they're all a bunch of cunts. I got banned from there actually, <laughs> <laughs> unsurprisingly. Somebody fucking te- somebody texted me the other day. Um, because uh, I think I think that community has found out what my music project is, and they've I've started to receive hateful messages. <laughs> and somebody, somebody messaged me just saying your music is fucking shit and you're a disgrace. Oh. And I just I text back with a thing that sounded uh, as if it was an automated me- email, and I was like, "Thank you for taking the time to email. I always love to hear from a fan. I'm glad you enjoyed the music <laughs> and stuff like this." Uh, uh, screw them. Screw them. And screw their basements. Command. Barry, I'm sure you're a lovely bloke. But come on. I can't even remember the other Bob, come on, Bob. It was Barry and Dave. Yeah. Yeah. Baz and Davs. Baz and Davs. Get a life. Not not a very good game. As far as I can see, they've never designed anything else. Right. And I think... They're still still working on version two. (laughs) That's right. right. (laughs) 28 years later. Well, no. Actually, it's not coming 28 years later because it's uh, set for release in 2052. Oh, okay. Good. Good. Get for my retirement present. They're including new rules about uh, whether or not you have a stomachache <laughs> during. No, that's the oh, first which thing. Can be very, which can be very, you know, that can change the way you show. Are you going to shoot there's yourself a, after this shot? There's also going to be a new type of explosions table. Oh, yeah. Oh, Trouser explosions. Hey. All right. Well, that was that's certainly a game. <laughs> that's a game. Uh, Phoenix Command. Shall we do some electro letters? Yeah. Yeah. In the future, you will be able to send a letter or parcel from anywhere on the planet. This, sir, is the Electro Letter. On our recent bonus, we uh, we d- discussed RPG horror stories. The uh, the the Reddit, the subreddit, and read a few out. Gave our commentary on it. Yeah. And uh, some fans have sent in uh, their RPG horror stories. So the first, <laughs> and then we're going to get into some general <laughs> questions too. And. The first horror story comes in from Sid the Squid. He says, I don't know that I actually have an RPG horror story, but I do have a story about an irritating as fuck group I used to play with. <laughs> I started in RP- I started RPGs in 1981. I was 11, almost 12. That's a good detail. That's and played all the time with my friends up through high school and even a few years after that. When I moved away to go to college in 1990, I basically lost my gaming group. I dabbled in gaming with a few friends I had during the four years, but it was never very serious. When I moved back to my hometown area, I didn't have a, game, a group to game with, but I started going to a comic book store. This is already a bad sign. Yeah. And met some people there who eventually got me into their gaming group. Having a family and a job with rotating shifts made regular gaming hard for me. Anyway, the core group was four other guys and me. We gamed all the time. I started a campaign in 2007, D&D 3.5, that was going to take the characters from level 1 to level 20, all the way up to the top, and it was cool. We had a paladin that had fallen to Blackguard, and we had a rogue that played no small part in corrupting the paladin. It was great, but one of the problems that was within the group, one of the players was a pretty heavy-duty rules lawyer. I'll be upfront and say that I often fell into the trap as well, but it was always in response to this guy trying to, well, actually, (laughs) when I was GMing. And so as the campaign progressed and the characters advanced, the amount of rules lawyering increased, but we finally made it to 20th level. This was it. We made it to this massive ending for the campaign, and it was literally the last session of the campaign. The party was on the positive material plane. The paladin was fully corrupt. The rogue was basically the master of shadows. The wizard was summoning armies left, right, and centre. (laughs) It was fucking epic. Nice. During this last session, the mage mage used the mirror image spell. Seems Mm. simple enough, yeah? And when Mm. I heard... And when I had an attack... 
and when I had an enemy attacking one of the mirror images, the player who had cast the spell said I had adjudicated it wrong. I said, well, maybe, but let's just roll with this. I ruled in your favour anyway, so it shouldn't matter. <laughs> he insisted and said, you're setting a precedent that you probably won't like. <laughs> oh, God. I said, how am I setting a precedent when it's literally the last session of a campaign? He said, this ruling isn't right, and started point- pointing out wow. all kinds of examples. I've got to remember this. I said, look, the ruling is in your favour. This is the last session, and we're literally at the last encounter of a year-long campaign. Let's just roll with it he said he wouldn't relent so I said okay you know what you're right I'm wrong you win you you fucking win the encounter you win at d and I'm done you all win hope you enjoy your victory and I packed up my stuff in silence and left oh, and wow. that was basically the last time I gamed with those people which kind of sucks because some of them were great gamers that I enjoyed having at the table but the rules lawyer guy ruined it all for everyone they always do wow that's so <laughs> that's bad so annoying after a year as well you're just setting a, a president that you won't like and he's he's like he's he's given he's throwing him a bone oh, for Christ's sake on. fuck me he had an opportunity to be epic mm-hmm. and he moaned but imagine leaving inside I don't think I could bring myself to do that no I'd kick the I'd kick the rule lawyer out yeah yeah just, just be like because you're about to get a really cool encounter he's the one who should be backing his stuff in yeah. silence yeah. yeah but that does sound amazing I mean we'd, we've never had a campaign go that far oh, and, and very few people have but that would be fucking oh, amazing super high level stuff I think the reason that a lot of campaigns fail when they get to about level 10 to 15 is because they people like their characters in D&D can do so yeah, much at absolutely. that point yeah yeah you're right but yeah uh, Lassie he comes in with his RPG horror story he says spot all the red flags <laughs> he says joined a new group and met up with the GM at his apartment he told me about the setting and all the house rules there were a lot all, all seemed cool then the final stage of the application <laughs> was what? to fill out a personality test what, what? Think- <laughs> I think it was Briggs Myers he took my answers and says I was the correct type so I was accepted <laughs> I thought this may be able to might be to help group dynamics problem is I was the only player showing up he <laughs> talked about two other players but they always had some issue making them miss the session so we played one on one. Oh no oh no <laughs> finally after way too many one on one sessions another player shows up he sits down on the sofa way too close I shuffle away he closes the gap oh. I tell him to sit further away and he just smiles then he sits next to me and starts poking me and trying to tickle me oh, I get up and God. tell him to stop GM says that he's just testing your boundaries I sit at a chair and the session goes on he never shows up again don't remember how many sessions we played too many before I sent a text saying it's not fun for me and I quit GM rages and screams about how much time he wasted on me and wants an acceptable answer why I quit I tell him again it's not fun and one on one RPG is not my cup of tea he says because I didn't give him an acceptable reason for quitting he will tell the other players I am gay and in love with him but he rejected my advances what I did not respond and blocked him there is some more details but this is way too long already I want to know more yeah we need to know more can you please tell us the rest of the details please please I wonder what what that guy would have deemed an acceptable answer for leaving though so did he employ someone to come in and test his boundaries that's exactly what it sounds like (laughs) it does sound like it doesn't it I feel like the GM personality form is like a lot of poking people but surely but but what's that got to do with the game I don't know the tickling and and 
Listen, if you're going to play this game, you need to work well within a distraction. An earthquake could happen at any point, so this guy's going to tickle you, and you're going to bloody well like it. Because you need to keep gaming. <laughs> That's uh, and I like, <laughs> it's just like the fact that no one else was turning up. Bless him, though, for going every time. Yeah, because he was constantly being promised that people would be there, oh, and then he'd turn up and it'd be one on one. Some tickling and Joe. Then. Yeah, and then one time tickling Joe turns up. <laughs> oh my! Who's God. now probably in jail? Let's yeah, be honest. Let's be honest. Yeah. Oh, great fucking stories! Thank you very much. <laughs> so weird. So if ever, if any other one, one of you guys tries to leave the game, yep. I'm going to tell happens. people to you know what's game. happening. That's right. <laughs> you're going to tell everyone you're gay. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. And anyway, we've got some general questions coming in. I can't remember who Ooh, sent yeah. the first one in, but it's simply a picture image um, with the guy from Squid Game, uh, the old guy, uh, <laughs> yeah. deciding over two buttons. One is fighting an orangutan with a sword once a year, and the other one is fighting a chicken every time you get into your car. <laughs> Ah, oh, chicken. Every day. Chickens can be fierce though, man. Yeah, but free food. But I'd I'd fucking I'd befriend it and then eat it. No, you have to fight it though, that's what it says. No, it yeah. says fight it, yeah, but then uh, you know What is fighting? Yeah, exactly. If we've learned anything from Bloody <laughs> Phoenix Command it's, it's don't it's don't go through loads of tables. Yeah. Exactly. Don't go through loads of tables, but also don't get shot. Don't and get I think shot. we can apply that to don't get pecked by a chicken. Don't get pecked. Are you gonna duck after that shot? Um I think that the orangutan with a sword would be a definite lose. Yeah. Uh, whereas the chicken would be multiple injuries. Yeah. Yeah. So I would fight chicken every time I get into my car. And orangutan's had a whole year to prep every year. Well, and also my wife uses the car way more than I do. That's so true. she's the one who's going to have to fight the chicken, That's and I'm fine. okay with that. That's, and then that is fine. So <laughs> it's not happened to me. And then I see this orangutan waking off by the side. He's like, "You've got to fight that chicken, mate." <laughs> <laughs> See you next year. <laughs> Lassie, he says, might start GMing DCC again soon. Any house rules or rules you borrowed from other systems that you can recommend? Uh, so I borrowed the travel rules from OS uh, Old School Essentials oh, yeah. uh, uh, during the recent DCC campaign. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I think we play it mostly completely as rules. It is. As Don't we, need to, yeah. The only rule we almost, well, I almost never use when I'm GMing is the flipping over the body check. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. If somebody dies... Um, and somebody flips over the corpse within an hour, the uh, character gets to roll luck to mm. see whether or not they are uh, actually still alive. That's it. Yeah. Lose a permanent st- point of stamina and then get some negative modifiers for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't really use that because in a game that's, you know, supposed to be deadly, it's like, I don't know, it seems antithetical yeah, to I know the whole thing. But I, know you mean. I reckon it, it, it's probably good for characters of, you know, level five and over yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like this. Because... I have played in a game where the DM just, you know, it was no holds barred and we died every week and it wasn't very fun. <laughs> no. But yeah. that was just, he made unreasonably for unfair uh, it world yeah. for us to play in, essentially. And we would just die constantly and it was mean, quite boring. Mean world. Because I, I don't mind the flipping over the body rule. It's just one I choose not to rule. Mm-hmm. Um, use, sorry. But yeah, it's an all right rule. It's all right. It's fine. It's all right. But yeah, I don't really house rule DCC at all no, because it's, it. a lot of it is, a lot of the rules comprise simply of the sentence, you know, if you don't know a rule, make something up. Yeah, so it's, that's, it, it, that's why it's pretty that perfect for our Yeah, that is true. And for me with my terrible memory. So. <laughs> yeah. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, Big York Rex with the Kung Fu grip. Oh, yeah. He says, which RPG industry celebrity would you open-handed slap during an awards ceremony <laughs> and why? <laughs> this is obviously a reference to... Wild Wild Smith. Oh yeah, I oh, know. Mine yeah. would mine would be the um, mine would definitely be the is it the Barry grand, Nakano, the grandson of um, Gygax. You know the one. Oh Ernie Gygax. Yeah, Ernie. Oh he gets slapped. Slap. He's Give he's dragged his dad's name yeah. through the muck. Yeah, he'd be getting slapped from me. Um, keep your dad's name out of, <laughs> <laughs> out of your mouth. <laughs> 
Did you see the meme that says um, to cheer Will Smith up? They gave him a little award of his wife. <laughs> a little statue of his oh, wife. It's oh, terrible. That's, that's terrible. very good. Terrible. Um, yeah, I think Ernie Gygax is a very good answer. I also would really love to slap Sean Patrick Fannin. That would be nice. <laughs> that would be lovely. <laughs> um, but I, th- I think Barry Evans, but Bobby Evans, Barry oh, Evans, I forgot whoever his name all, is. All the Evans family. <laughs> they get all I think because of that annoying video he made about Pinnacle. But would he ever be presenting an award ceremony? No. Unlikely. No. Would Sean Patrick Fannin? Unlikely. Ernie Gygax? Maybe. Because mm. they'll be like, to present this award for this any. We've got Gary Gygax's son. He's like, uh, by the way, I've started a new company. And I'm like, i oh, get out of my seat. <laughs> right, that's it. Right, come here. Another one. <laughs> James, yeah. who would you slap? Uh, who would you slap? Who would you slap? Who would you slap? Um, I'll probably... I don't know, just all of them. Line them all up. Line them all They're up. Gonna be like, who are you? Don't care. So what you do is you line up Fan and you line up Fatal Guy, you line up Barry Nakano and you just run along. Yeah. <laughs> I would. That's good. Mega That's slap. Like it. Mega slap. Uh, all right, uh, Lassie, he says, do you as a GM ever use narrative techniques from other media like montages in media res, Chekhov's gun, flashbacks and such? I'm fond of using in media res to start off a game. Gets the past... Gets past the you meet in the tavern part pretty quickly. So uh, in media, media res, res again? for those that don't know, it's a, I think it's either filmmaking or books or something like this. Mm. What it is, is it means you start halfway through a scene. That's it. So, for example, you could have it uh, just start up and you... I go, right, cut to fight, your character, you're finishing a joke. What's Tarantino the punchline? Yeah. So the camera goes into the bar, you all sit at the bar and you go, and he woke up covered in piss. <laughs> That's cool. That's, or cool. Like that. That's a cool That's, technique. That's we cool did it technique. once, actually, when... Well, we didn't do it. Uh, when Eric ran us through Savage Warhammer. Yep. Uh, and we started... And it was midway through a bar fight. A bar fight, And it's yeah. like, okay, well, what's happening? Yeah, that uh, how cool. do we get to the state of affairs? That's, um, a, that's a cool one. What's the gun? Chekhov's gun is, is a narrative technique whereby... It was. I, I think his name was Anton Chekhov. I think, yeah. mm-hmm. but he said if there's a, if if you describe a room and there's a gun on the wall, mm-hmm. then the gun has to be used by the third act. Otherwise, it may as well not be there. Uh, yeah, so yeah. it just Smart. means that ev- basically every something. detail that you say should be relevant, should be meaningful. Yeah. So, for example, if if um, I, I suppose I use the inverse of it because if I tell you two when we're playing a fantasy game, you're in the mayor's office. Mm-hmm. He's the richest man in town. That tells you all you need to know. Yeah. If because you you can imagine a lavish office. Yeah. If I tell you you're in the mayor's office, it's he's the most rich man in town, and uh, on his desk he has a snow globe. Yeah. Right. Then that one detail, the snow globe should be something later on. Yeah, exactly. Because then players will go, oh, right, yeah, that yeah, makes that makes sense. Thing. I watched the film. I watched an animated Pixar the other day, and the lady's got a scar down her face, and I was like, you're gonna find out why why she got that scar because she's got one. Like, yes. There's no reason why that's it would an not be on there otherwise. Use yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, flashbacks I use a lot. Yeah, we I love mean, a flashback, love we, a montage. We had uh, a flashback with Belinda as one of James's characters in Solomon Kane yep. that set up your two's previous relationship. Yep. They're really oh, good. Yeah. Mate, we've, flashbacks are used a lot. They're fantastic. It's nice as well because you can, especially if you like dish out mini characters that are used for like 20 minutes just for the flashback. One of my favourite ever flashbacks was there was a character in the Wise Guys campaign we played. There was a boxer. And uh, we did a flashback where he was a um, where he was in his boxing gym, and a couple of mafiosos came up to collect the debt. 
and me and Nick, Eric basically said, okay, I'll give you a simple thing of stats. You guys can play these these uh, these gangsters. And we came in, we were like the shittest gangsters. Grandma's mitts. Came on on a, a tandem bike. One of us yeah. had an ice cream. The other one was yeah. eating Skittles out of his pocket. And we're like, the boss says he needs his money back. And then the first thing in the in, in the fight, I fucking dashed the ice cream into his eyes. Yeah. It's like an agility trick. He oh, slips a bit on it. So funny. And I remember Eric at the time just being like, what the fuck is this? What is like, this, this is our gangster game. And he's slipping on ice cream. Toe Boy as well was a flashback. Oh, yeah. At the, at the orphanage so we had um, in the Warhammer one Eric said okay who wants to play an orphan and I was, uh, uh, because we flashed back to our priest in the orphanage she That's used it. to work in and I was like I was just like okay I'm a little mutant, mutated boy drank some uh Warpstone and he's called Toad Boy and I'm like hello hello can you let me out of this cage please <laughs> and he, he's yeah that was good that was good montages but, we've done yeah, because monta- we did a montage in uh, Deadlands whereby yeah. we we basically did a travel montage of them mm-hmm. going west that's and cool. did a ten, a, a 10 turn dramatic task. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, that's good. What else is on that list? Uh, I think that is about it. But James, you're, you're a big fan of uh, of the flashbacks and stuff. Do you do yeah. you enjoy all of these techniques? Do you think they make a deeper game? I think I think they, uh, go, they get rid of faff, mm-hmm. particularly like the montage scenes and that. And the flashbacks, they help you... Um, pad for time if you're uh, you know if you're in a, doing some downtime and you just you know around a campfire perfect moment and nine times out of ten we usually do at that point um, but it also helps you you know build your character up more it does and, because like, instead of just instead that. of writing a fucking 15 page backstory to your character 100%. just the GM puts you in a situation and sees how you deal with it mm-hmm. so the Solomon Kane example was Nick was a witch finder mm-hmm. and James was a witch that's it mm. yeah and uh, the the scene that I set up as the flashback is that you you um, track down a witch and you're stood outside your girlfriend's house yeah and it's just like okay that's it uh, you've got your colleagues there you can't embarrass yourself you can't let her off the hook so what are you going to do and it was like James you were trying to escape yeah. you were trying to give her an opportunity to escape without her without it looking suspicious yep, and things it. like that and it yeah. kind of builds your character because you're like okay well this is how we've now seen how they act under that type of pressure yeah. and then you just and you can give the characters a reward for doing a cool flashback yeah, totally. as well get yeah. other characters to play the enemies in the scene and yeah. it's great if you, you get Benny or an advance or a hindrance if you fuck it all up yeah you know, totally I think it's good good immersion and especially if you really want to tell a story not telling a story but have, you know creating a story and it just gives it more depth doesn't it totes, totes. Good, to- good tools use um, them they're very good montages are always good as well I mean they, in ICRPG they you know you can slow down time to being like a year <laughs> oh, nice, and you yeah. can always just say right <clears> this year you get a turn let's see mm-hmm. what you're doing it's a big montage of just little scenes where everyone's doing their thing yeah. during the downtime really good yeah, definitely good the Buckman, he says the gaming law is passed outlawing the term game slash dungeon master you have to come up with a new term and referee is too boring what term do you choose for the person who runs the game Bloodman Bloodman's pretty good that's what we called it in Vampire yeah the Bloodman <laughs> uh, James is I can see the cogs wearing he's got some he's got some gold Oh no, I don't. It's not. It's not that good. I was going to do something like carpenter or a sculptor, you know, something like that. Or what, you're, you're like, no, like a world sculptor. Yeah. <laughs> if you really want to get properly pretentious, what about the visionary? <laughs> yeah, the visionary. <laughs> <laughs> How about the creationist? Ooh. What about God? God man. Oh, God, 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 God man. Free Jones. Jesus. Christ. <laughs> Almighty. Um. <laughs> I, I actually I, I think uh, I think as an ironic pretentious thing I like world sculptor world sculptor what about story carpenter dreamweaver yeah. dream- <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
that. Oh, mate, uh, there it is. Aliens is good. Game Mother works really well for Alien, obviously, but actually not bad. Not bad I hate either. the one in Deadlands. It's called Game Marshal. Game Marshal. Uh, okay. yeah. What else have we had? We've had... Um, Bloodman. Bloodman. Uh, what's the one in... Um, oh, isn't it, a, isn't it Adjudicator in one of them? It no. Well, DCC, judge. it's Judge, which yeah. is judge. quite good. Uh, judge is pretty cool. Judge is pretty cool. Because it means that... It, it, I, think it, I think it screams authority. Yes. Especially if you have that DCC Judge badge that gave away as <laughs> oh, road crew. Yeah, but definitely. nowadays, they do a kickstart for it. 50 million quid. <laughs> <laughs> take a leaf out of... Take a bookmark out of... Pinterest. All right, so we'll go with Visionary. Visionary. World Sculptor. <laughs> and Dreamweaver. Is that enough for you, Batman? <laughs> there you go, Batman. <laughs> Uh, Ace says, what's the shittiest home rule you've ever heard? Or house rule? Uh, Personally, I think it's fudging roles in the party's favour as a GM, especially when it in- stops them dying. <laughs> uh, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, but- the, 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 the house rule that... Or the rule that we turn off as a house rule is the heroes never die. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's one we never... I would actually say, yeah, it's it's a setting rule baked into Savage Worlds, but that's kind of like a house rule. Yeah. yeah. And I, yeah, I hate Shit. that. Yeah. It's like, nah, mate, we never you want it. people to die because yeah. it's fucking crunchy. Yeah. yeah, you want it to be... You want it to have that grit to it. Yeah, totally. But you know, the, the, whole, the whole sort of reasoning behind it, you know... Um, Thrilling Tales for Savage Worlds, which yeah. is a third, third party pulp sort of noir pulp yeah. thing. Yeah. The, the, they use Heroes Never Die in that, mm. right? The idea is, is that every time your hero does get incapacitated, you uh, take an injury, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I do understand that, that you can still fail because let's say you're fighting on top of a train and you've chased the bad guy down and you're having a fist fight on top of a train. The only way that the party is going to fail is if everyone goes down because otherwise yeah. one of them is going to chase him down because yeah. they know they can't die yeah. and I just think that the situations in which you can fail if you can't die and players aren't afraid of dying are so small yeah. there's no, there's yeah. not, nothing to do there totally yeah that's that's definitely a good answer James uh, mm. shittiest home well um, I don't want to name any names here and I won't but the shittiest house rule I've ever had was I played in a game yep. uh, and I, I, this guy's going to know who he is and just to let you know you know I like you man you're a good guy and a very good GM <laughs> but he sits down and he goes um, by the way uh, little house rule uh, no drinking no being drunk because you may be drunk but your character is not and uh, it was a house rule which I can understand I can understand that house rule if it was not at my house <laughs> that's the problem <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's like, whose house is it? Like, yeah, come, yeah, on. come on, come on. You can't tell me not to drink in my own house. And I have a good authority that some people would... <laughs> but I'm not naming any names. But anyway, um, yeah, so that's the shittiest house rule I've ever yeah, had. Yeah, I, I was going to think about it. I understand, if it's well. your house, that's fine. Yeah. Because yeah. I used to play at this guy's house quite often and not drink, and that's fine. That's fine, but, yeah. That's fine. But it's like going to somebody else's house and being yeah. just like, still rule, uh, by the way, no elbows on the table. No elbows. Hang no on, food. you're at my house. No food, please. No, no food, please. Bargle the Infamous, he yes. says, what is the best RPG setting with the worst rules? <laughs> that is... Uh, what? Oh. That's a good question. So, best setting, worst rules. Uh, oh, well, I'll tell you what, Bubblegum Crisis is a very good setting with shit rules. Yes. Yeah, yeah spot on, spot on. Because uh, it's a fantastic setting. It is a fantastic Really good, setting. especially if, you know, you, me and James watch the anime. Mm. Mm. It's it's one of the most creative and fun cyberpunk universes totally. I've seen. And then, and then the rules just, the fusion system is just a bit pants. Yeah. 
but yeah, that's a, that's probably the best. I answer. think that's the one. I've got to be honest. I've been I, I uh, went on a binge of buying all of the uh, Pendragon books recently, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is a game set in Arthurian times by Kevin Crawford, I think. Although I'm not entirely sure. Uh, oh, it doesn't matter. Anyway, point is, well, oh, I'm going to have to look. I'm going to have to look. Keep filling. Keep filling. Keep filling. Greg Stafford. Greg Stafford, Greg Stafford of Stafford course. Ken Crawford. Greg Stafford. You can see where I went wrong, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> But it's quite good. It's, in fact, it's a very good system. Um, uh, there's, there, but there's a little thing that puts me off running it, but I actually think is really good. But mm-hmm. I think I'd be bad at running it. So Pendragon is set during Arthurian legend, right? And one of the big things is like your social standing so mm. you, and, and your character's personality that based on how you act, they, it changes on different matrices. So let's say, for example, there's one stat that's charitable slash you know uh, t- a tight ass yeah yeah right yeah. so you kind of every time you do something that pertains to one action your skill will change okay right, and go up and down that thing so your character's personality changes frequently that's throughout cool. it that's cool it is cool but the thing is it's just i i think i would be bad at keeping track of yes it. that's absolutely. the only thing <clears throat> and players probably would as well yes but I, I think it's i think actually think it's a really nice idea mm. what's cool about pendragon as well and uh is, is one of the things I like is because the Arthurian legend it takes place over such a long time. Yeah. What happens is is that the campaign doesn't necessarily uh, revolve around one character. It will revolve around them for an arc, like mm. four or five episodes, and then it will move a hundred years into the future, Ooh. and you're playing your son or your yeah. grandson. Okay. And then, that's, that's bloodlines. And so you you create a big history as that's, opposed that's to just really, one. That's yeah, cool. That very cool. cool. But yeah, that thing. I, I don't. I think it's a great setting. I don't think it's a bad rule, but I think it's a rule that I. Can't. Yeah, it's a hard one to track. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, the Buttman also comes in and he says, let's flip it. Best rules, worst RPG setting. Oh, Bit of a cheaty answer here, but well, Hellfrost is one for me. Ah, uh, okay, because yeah. Because he has... And actually, I, actually, I think I can justify this. So cool. Hellfrost is a third-party fantasy thing for Savage Worlds, yep. right? And it does actually do a kind of cool, couple of interesting things, like it was one of the first settings or first decent setting I know of that came out with a PowerPointless magic system. So okay. you didn't have mana, you just... You just rolled, but yeah. these there's this thing called the siphoning where if you rolled magic and you got a one just on your trait die, mm-hmm. that counts as a crit fail and something terrible happens Ooh, to you where okay. you lose the power permanently, oh, right, you gain yeah. a hindrance permanently, things like this. And I thought that was a really cool thing, but the setting is kind of naff. Um, the, the idea behind it is that there is a big wall of ice up to the north that is expanding by you know a few miles yeah. every year. But you don't really play in the cold bits or the bits that are about to be taken over. You play in the places for whom the Hellfrost is years away. Mm -hmm. And it's all about the political things that arise as a result of that particular thing. Whereas I just think it could be this, like... I thought it was going to be like a barbaric fucking snow-based, you know, cool fucking manly setting. And it's not really. Just Uh, people going, snow's coming. Yeah, snow's coming. Well, um, you know, you, 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 like people trying to sell their houses. <laughs> yeah. I see that Ben Shapiro meme. Have yeah. you ever seen that? No. He's Ben Shapiro's a bit of a fucking idiot. Oh, I know. Yeah, he's an idiot. Yeah, yeah. he does these talks, and there's one. Uh, he spoke about his wife, didn't he? There's one one that he does where he's like, um, "Well, with global warming, let's say the let's let's say let's say the water levels are rising, right? What are you going to do? You sell your house, and then and then you move inland. What's the big fucking deal? And it's and then uh, there's a YouTuber called H Bomber guy that he, he he smashes through a wall and he goes, "Sell them to who, Ben? <laughs> fucking Aquaman." <laughs> 
And I saw one of it that's like vocoded as well. But oh, dope. yeah, that's what it reminds me of. There's just, that's what it's going to be like. Loads yeah. of sort of climate deniers oh, and things like this. God, it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's called Hellfrost. It's not like, really it sounds happening. so cool, man. Yeah. But yeah. I suppose we'll you expected one, it a little bit more on the lines of Winter Eternal. Yeah, yeah. Or um, Frostbitten and Mutilated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Actually, good point. Yeah, if you think Hellfrost is a good idea, just play Winter Eternal. Yeah, if you think true. what I thought Hellfrost was, play it's a good Eternal. Idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. There's not. There's very few ones that where it's like play a dog. The rules well. are really good. Yeah, uh, I suppose anything that's a bit shit that's used in Savage World, you could cheat. Like, like I'd say. Yeah, it's a bit of a cheat answer. But yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to think if there's anything else now. So good system. Was it good? Good system. No, it's the other way around. Sorry. So shit system. Good rules. Rules. No. No. Shit. No. No. Wait. Wait. Best worst setting with good rules. Worst setting with good rules. Worst setting good rules. Uh, no, I don't think we can answer this. It's a tricky one. It's a really hard one. I'm more setting. I mean, I do like good rules, but then there's, you know, rules have to be pretty bad for me to not like them. You just get on with them, didn't you? Yeah, if there's a set, because like Cyberpunk, I think is a little bit on the crunchy side, but mm. I think the setting is so good that it saves it. Yeah, there's very definitely. few where the setting's really shit where I'll go, oh, but that's a cool rule. But the rule's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Stick tricky one. So let's say, let's say for the sake of argument, that all of the water levels around the world rise by by let's say five feet. Over the next hundred years, say ten feet, by the next hundred years, and it puts all the low-lying areas on the coast underwater. Right, would you let, let's say, all of that happens? You think that people aren't going to just sell their homes and move? Just one small problem. Sell their houses to who, Ben? Fucking Aquaman, Ben, Ben, Ben. But uh, the very last question comes in from Big York Rex with the Kung yes. Fu Grip. And he says, hotbed question. Is it possible to separate the art from the artist when their art is really good, but the artist is a complete and utter bastard? <laughs> Avoid naming recent RPG bad actors. At what point does an artist's misdeeds intersect with their art in such a way as it ruins it in retrospect? Art Ooh. being RPGs and artists being reprehensible RPG writers, of course. Ooh. So, um... Just to, to be an aside, we'll get to the RPG aspect of it soon. But like, so recently, my my probably my favourite band in the world, Mindless mm. Self Indulgence, mm. found out the singers are peed. Oh dear! And do you know do you know what? Like, I I, I can listen to a Michael Jackson tune, mm. yeah. but I can't be an earnest fan of it because when I do listen to his tunes, I I just I do just think about him, you know, and those kids, yep. and you know, he was having a good time. <laughs> But he was a genius. It's like R. Maybe R. Kelly, just let him have one. It's like R. Kelly, isn't it? I mean, everyone loves remix, but it remixed to ignition, but then it's like... Oh, Do they, though? It's a good song. It was a good song. It was I a good song. I can't hear it the same way now. Yeah. Until he, and then he pissed on an, a minor. Yeah. Good guy. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, like it, the thing is, it's a very com- complex question. I it said this on the Discord. Question. Like, yeah. it's difficult to say. I find it very hard to to separate it the, but the only thing is, is like if somebody's done something genuinely reprehensible yeah. like genuinely monstrous mm-hmm. I, I can't use the thing that they've made without thinking about that thing like that guy from Lost Profits yes yeah yeah because I like some Lost Profits chicks <laughs> yeah, I know a guy that's got a tattoo of it and and the rest of the oh. band were probably alright <laughs> I don't know. I hope. Oh, yeah, maybe. But you know, you know well, they yeah. let it happen. <clears throat> well, this is it. But Probably. yeah, exactly. That. And now, now you can't listen to Lost Profits anymore. And, and a good example of this is that I've got the Rifts books and, and I've been interested in Shine Tar before, but it's like knowing what Sean Patrick Fannon is like, mm. and also his writing style just sucks anyway, but like <laughs> knowing what he's like is is 
it's difficult to, for me to sit down and read it without thinking this was written by a scumbag this was written by a scumbag <laughs> yeah yeah it kind of blinds you a bit I, I guess. think but I think I can easily separate when an RPG writer is an asshole mm. versus a genuinely bad person yeah 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 do you know yeah, what yeah, I mean yeah, like, definitely because <clears throat> one, one thing I was I was talking about was like for example RPG Pundit I own a lot of his stuff mm-hmm. in recent years I've come to realise that he is a bit of a fucking knob yeah um, he seemed like a nice guy when I met him, but it's like, but, but there is, he's now just become such a hateful person that yeah. all he does on his YouTube channel that was previously Hate about good things. advice yeah. and things like this, like, now he's, he's, he's just, all he does is just point out why, like, perceived problems with the modern day gaming industry Ooh. and it's just all about hating on sjw's and it's like negative okay fine i do i don't you know some of my views probably intersect with his but i'm not that passionate yeah, he, yeah, but yeah, he yeah. claims that all of it is like he claims that it's all like an attack on western culture and oh, things like this and it's like hell. come on mate we're talking about games where we pretend to be wizards yeah exactly and come frogmen. on come on and frogmen so frogmen. and it's like it's like that the, he's he's just an asshole but i do quite actually like some of these products that he's mm. done mm-hmm but uh, so I can kind of separate it in in that regard. Yeah, but then yeah. when you kind of read some of them and you see there's a there's an ad- an underlying agenda to the whole thing yeah. that is not necessarily something I agree with. Mm-hmm. It's, then it becomes really difficult for me to just be like, yeah, but it's a good product because it's like uh, it, it is, but it's like it's like the guy who's the guy that had all the heat a little while ago. And we've got some products. It's from uh, Sackes. That's it. Yes, that's it. But then, but then the thing about that is, is that I don't, and I'll probably get a lot of hate for this, but I don't, I don't know mm. what happened between him and his it's girlfriend. Conflicting information, isn't there? I yeah, exactly. I think he makes some spectacular products that are probably better to read than they are to play, and has uh, to take things out of. Yeah. But at the end of the day, he it was and and he did win RPG got a like shithead of the year one year with our with our things. But my current opinion is that I feel as if that that we never know we'll never know what happened between them two. Mm, and yeah. let's be honest, she tried to defame him and and things like this. And mm-hmm. if he did it, you know, fine. But the thing is, is now he's countersuing yeah. because because he he claims that what she said is untrue Defamation and actually though. provably untrue because right. there were some parts of it, for example, like their friends that's that backed Satine Phoenix up, mm. I think was her name. So they, they're saying that like, well, he's never met those people ever in his life right. or even been in the same state okay. as some of them yeah. and things like this. And it's like, so it's well, not that clear. Right, there was probably one. some <clears throat> of it that happened. Yep. Uh, but I don't know. We don't and know. And so at that point, it's easy to separate myself mm-hmm. from it. But mm-hmm. someone like Sean Patrick Fanner, who admitted what he's done. Yes. It's kind of like... And didn't even apologise for it. <laughs> no. No, he didn't. But he did make a good point because people are dying in Africa. Okay, that's the real problem. Put some inspirational memes up. No, but they were very inspirational. <laughs> but yes, I th- but the thing is, I, I, what I'm trying to say is, I think it's all contextual. It's all, uh, it's on a case-by-case basis for exactly. me, yeah, at the you're very right. least. You're right there, yeah. yeah. You're right there. Because there's probably a lot of people that hate on me, you know. Yes. yes. But cunt is revolutionary. <laughs> and you've yeah. got to buy it whether you like him or not. You really <laughs> don't. He's also revolutionary. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yep. I bet yep. it really bugs people. I've got an idea for. I actually had an idea for another joke product the other day. Go on. So um, you know you can get drive-through cards where they print a deck of cards. <laughs> yeah. And you can make the cards at, in the deck like any amount. So you could have. I've got a, a deck for uh, Pendragon that's like two hundred fucking cards. It's unusable basically. But the thing is, is that I could make a deck with one card in it. Mm. That's a, a custom X card uh, on yeah. one side an X, on the other side a picture of me pointing, <laughs> and it just says don't. <laughs> <laughs> and, I go, and people can get that print on demand 
get a nice uh, deck box with it. <laughs> there you go. Put the one card on the shelf. Fucking hell. And if you can't print just one card, I'll just do a deck of 52. And it's just the same one over and over again. Oh, don't. Yeah, dish them out at uh, 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 conventions. But maybe Genius. one of them's got a picture of me with my thumbs up going, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, we could do. Genius. We could, we could do that as a podcast. There you go. Just, just get a deck of dunk cards, bring it to a convention. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, here you go. All the GMs running it, you can have some dunk cards for your table. Yeah. That's a good idea. There you go. I mean, we TM. don't necessarily agree with the with the with the X card, no. but maybe we could just hand them out and say, "Look, this is if your GM does something you don't like, just give him a don't. Give card. him a don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're not offended. You just don't like his GM style. Yeah. Right. We're gonna roll for don't. No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> maybe it's just a card that says Lowey on it. Oh, I'm just gonna have a little break. Don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to carry on playing. We could have done one of those in our bloody Towns from the Loop game where the guy took 16 breaks. <laughs> yeah. Pulled the dope card on him, he's got to sit there. <laughs> with a full bladder. <laughs> Maybe if the GM just sits down, you just you hold it up. He just like, gets back okay, up and right, walks well, off. See you later. <laughs> so, does anyone... Have... Okay. Right, I'll be running the game tonight. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> We're going to play a bit of fucking uh, Shine Tar by Should the late, great Sean Patrick change his hold on an imaginary card. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> oh, good. That is it for questions. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's go to the intro. <laughs> intro. Who's fucking back around? Hello and welcome to the RPG. <laughs> I will say this: I didn't want to bring it up, but my problems in my memory have got quite a lot worse recently. Hence okay. the stumbling over my words <laughs> and thinking an outro is an intro when it clearly isn't. Okay. But that's one new thing. I'm going to say things are things which they're patently not. Okay. Oh, good. So, welcome to the intro, ladies and gentlemen. This is uh, my new gimmick. Eating Mike Tyson's ass. Eating Mike Tyson's ass. Oh, no! Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so good episode or bad episode? Uh, indifferent. Indifferent. <laughs> no, <I'm joking. laughs> Mediocre episode. Very good. It's very good. Phoenix Command. You buying so, it? Don't. I, I'm getting. <laughs> <laughs> Pull your don't card. I'm getting three fucking copies, and I'm going to put it in my bloody twenty quid games Goodman games shelf box thing. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's happening. Yep. Um, all right. Well, I guess we can t- call that a collection of sounds that we release on the internet. Mm-hmm. Now, I just want to tease a little something Ooh. that we've been speaking about because yeah. we sometimes do this in yeah. the outro. Yeah, yeah. For the hundredth episode, yeah, I've got oh. something really special planned, and we're going to be investigating a possible real-life RPG-related murder, possible Ooh. allegedly. I've got legal advice on it okay. already. Okay. And so uh, we're going to have to make some. Do some um, sleuthing. Yeah. Alterations. We're going to make some alterations to names and places. Okay. However, it's going to be fucking amazing. Jesus. And I'm starting the research and the interviews on it right I'm now. Excited. Yeah. So we've got that to look forward to. For that. Um, probably next episode we'll do another normal, and then maybe we'll do the Lankmar actual play. Yeah. Oh, yes. You guys are up for that? Yeah, of course I am. All right. Well, that All is right. it for another episode. My name is Harrison Hunt. My name is Nick Lambslice. And remember, James Clark. I'm so sorry. Who, what? Who's this guy? Well, he he didn't remember. (gasps) He forgot. And remember, he doesn't exist. (laughs) No, do do you exist? Say it loud and say it proud. I think so. You are here. He is here. He's here. He's here. I'm here. Yay. He's he's handsome. That's a bit bit much. He's bringing a panache to the show. He's Harrison Hunt. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can oh, email God. us. Got it. Three T R B G Pod at gmail.com. Of course, if you want to donate on Patreon, please do because we we desperately need we it. Desperately need the cash. There's. Uh, I've got uh, so many bloody Goodman Games boxes to buy, and, and uh, they don't we pay for themselves. And we can't pay for the lights because the. Uh, I spent it all. It's, on a, boxes. it's a joke. We're in a crisis. Yeah. Everything's gone. UK's in a crisis. Up. 
And uh, also, last but not least, come say on Discord. Yes, do join the Discord. Friends. There'll be a link in the description. Uh, there are good people in there, and, uh, and some and bad not, people, and bad people too. So yeah. that's why it's good. Mainly bad. Yeah. Uh, are we, we, <laughs> there are some people in there. Should we comment on the Russia-Ukraine war? No. Okay. No. Goodbye, everyone. Have a good day. <laughs> do we have any listeners in Russia? Thank you.